Greetings and welcome to the Drive Home Breakdown. I'm Brent Adams and welcome to another commentary episode. We've actually been off for a couple of weeks, but of course our last episode was a Drive Home show from X-Men Days of Future Past, which we really enjoyed. Had a great time. Really, really fun movie. Satisfying flick. And uh, great to see everybody from the X-Universe back in action. And in celebration of that, we thought what we would do uh, this week, and actually next week as well, is go back and do a couple of commentary episodes on the X-Men films that, uh, that gave birth to Days of Future Past. Since it is a crossover film in the purest sense, we're going to go back today and do a commentary on X-Men First Class. And then next week, we're going to do a commentary on the original X-Men, the movie that started it all from way back in 2000, the film from Brian Singer and Company that uh, in, in many ways gave birth to the modern comic book film and certainly the X-Universe. So First Class is a, uh, is a fascinating case study. It was, uh, it was made after the, the debacle that was X-Men 3, X-Men United, uh, which was not the most well-received movie. I think in a lot of ways it was almost an attempt to reboot the franchise. Certainly it was a, it was a palate cleanser. It was an opportunity to get the, uh, the foul taste of X-3 out of our mouths and do something completely interesting. And in this case, focus on Xavier and Magneto. It's a really striking movie, and uh, we've got a lot to say about it, so I'm going to stop talking now and hand you over to the commentary track and get ready to watch X-Men First Class. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we are here ready to watch X-Men First Class, and Woo-hoo! we've got... We're watching it on Blu-ray, but I suppose, you know, any any format that Blue you choose... Blue Yeah, as you like to call it. Nobody likes to call it that. Uh, But anyway, we are at zero, zero, zero. We are at the black screen, the moment before the 20th Century Fox logo comes up. And uh, we are going to hit play here in just a minute. As we always do, we're going to do three, two, one. Or do we go one, two, three? I can't remember. (laughs) I think we go three, two, one. We're going to go three, two, one, click. Hit the play button. So that's what you'll need to sync up. Three, two, one, click. All right, so get ready. We're going to do it for real this time. I've done it twice now, but that was just pretend. If you already started, go back now because that didn't <laughs> that's right. We'll, didn't. we'll wait for you. Okay, no, we won't. So here we go. Three, two, one, click. 20th Century Fox logo coming in. <laughs> It's uh that was that was not even that was not the movie that was us. I know. I don't know if, I don't know if, you, <laughs> I don't know if you guys pick up on that. That was us. That was us. I gotta say right off the bat, I I love I love the bad hat Harry uh, <laughs> icon from uh, from the Usual Suspects. When we were watching uh, we were watching Days of Future Past, they come on and I'm just like, who stole the fucking truck? You fucking cocksucker. <laughs> Because I can't look at that and not think of Benicio del Toro. <laughs> oh man! And then this is the uh, this is the old Marvel uh, the old Marvel uh, tag animation, which I like more than the new one. Yeah, it's I think I do too. It's a little, little bit more simple, but I don't know the the new one. Yeah, just not really. It's all right. It's, it's okay. It's, it's not maybe really it just hasn't grown on us too. You know, it's one of those things. Now this is something. This is interesting. Start off, yeah. and we'll we'll get into because uh, you know. After this, we're going to watch. Uh, we're going to watch the, the first, original X Men. Original X Men, and I got to be honest, man, it had been so long since I'd seen the original X Men. I swore 
that this was footage from the first X Men. I just absolutely. I, I and, and then you told me, and it was intended to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like they basically, and I went back. Actually, watching this scene is what made me want to go back and watch the first X Men. I was like, how close did they get that? And the answer is really got really fucking, close. Like even to the point where I still, when I was watching, you know, for for a recording, I was watching the first X Men again, which is the first time I'd seen yep. it in years. And uh, I still swore that there was there was clips that they used. I was like, okay, yep. maybe they changed the actors and, and stuff a little bit, but but like you know this 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 crane shot has to still be still be the same. But no, it's just just a tiny bit different. But That's man, exactly right. you have to give them credit. It was uh, if if you hadn't watched the original X Men in a while, you would swear that you were uh, you'd swear that you were watching the the, the beginning of that because yeah. it's almost a shot for shot. Uh, uh, it's almost a shot-for-shot shot remake of that sequence. Of course, yeah. the notable exception being just there, we saw Kevin Bacon standing in the window. Yeah. Um, Which again, I just I thought was I thought that was what they added. I was yeah. like, you know, okay, they just added that one thing, but the rest of it's the, the same. But um, it is different actors and stuff. But I mean, even Absolutely. that they they sort of they, you know they they got people that had the same same kind of look and yeah. But yeah, it, it's a great way. I mean, that was we'll talk about it when we watch X Men. But that was such a it was a very evocative way. To start uh, the X Men film, and it really kind of grounded those movies. It, it told you a lot about the tone of those films, how they were going to be handled. Yeah. And so, starting first class with that exact same thing uh, also goes a long way, I think, towards. Uh, it, it gives you a hint that we're going to find out more about this. It, it yeah. kind of is a tease with the promise of we're going to see what happened after that. It also sort of sets it in the same world, too. You know, this was yeah. a reboot, as, 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 uh, in a way. Of the series, but not, you know, like, I, it definitely was a tie to sort of show um, that these were the same world. Yeah, they, they were really trying to do that. I got to say that this is my least favorite scene in the movie. Um, I like First Class. I'm, I'm on record as saying I like First Class, but I actually kind of hate this scene. Just what? because it is so, it's just so random. Like, of all the houses in fucking Westchester, New York... Admittedly, you can see this house from anywhere in Westchester County. Yeah, because it's so goddamn big. But having said that, like, like just the coincidence of it, just like the, they're just like, look, we're going to have this incredible coincidence. Uh, Mystique snuck into Xavier's house one night, and that's how they they know each other. Yeah, and you kind of just have to accept that and move on. And I can't accept it. I, I'll forget about it by the time we get to the part where Magneto starts killing Nazis. <laughs> but for right now, as I'm sitting here watching it, I'm just kind of like, couldn't you have done something else? It, it is something that... It, I, I just hate things that hinge on coincidence. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. There's there's not many of them in this one. There's a lot in X-Men, though. Yeah, you're There's right. a lot of little, right. little things in that. So it's kinda, And these were both Brian Singer, right? Like no, this is, no, this one was Matthew Vaughn. Well, now, I thought Vaughn started this... Or maybe I'm thinking of maybe I'm thinking of uh, no. Days of Future Past. I'm sorry. Yeah. Didn't Singer come back to do Days of Future that's, Past? That's correct. Yes. That's right. Okay. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Down. I'm sorry. That that is right because I remember looking that up. Now I'm sorry. Um, and here we go. This is what I think really sets the tone of the movie. Like you see that first scene, and frankly, you think the rest of the movie is going to be in that sort of vein. Which real realistically, you know, the first couple X Men movies. I mean, they, they didn't like nobody gets killed. Yeah. Like, no, you know, even guards are just like you know. <laughs> Are, are, are pushed away and stuff, but like this really sets the tone for how this is going to be a little uh, darker. Yep. It also uh, it also lets you know what kind of a what kind of an antagonist uh, Kevin Bacon Sebastian Shaw is going to be. Um, 
possibly the only good thing that ever came out of the Bernie Madoff scandal was him <laughs> stealing Kevin Bacon's retirement fund, which forced Bacon back into acting in a big way, and uh, and and got him uh, got him in this movie. And I, I'm I'm a big Kevin Bacon fan, so I'm all about it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I wouldn't say I even had that strong of feelings towards Kevin Bacon, but he did an amazing job in this. I thought he was really good in it. He was, and S- Sebastian he really Shaw, good bad guy too. He I mean, is. Just, I agree. Like really good bad guy. Sebastian Shaw is a uh, is an interesting <coughs> he's an interesting fixture uh, from the comics. He uh, he of course in the Hellfire Club, which is kind of mentioned in name in this one, not in any not in any real sense of its representation from yeah. the comics. Uh, but um, he's an interesting fixture in the comics, and uh, certainly, uh, certainly was a good character from the X Men lore to pull in uh, to pull into this movie here. There's something, one thing <laughs> I love this shot, like. It's it's one of the, it's, it's a really really smart thing, but you've gone through this entire scene. There's this underlying sense of tension, and then you cut to this wide shot where you see the other side of the room that you haven't seen up till now, yeah. covered in you know like all of these nasty implements of torture. You just think you're in a normal sort of doctor's or you know an office, some sort of somebody, office. You know. Yeah, it, it's such a great it's a great reveal. Yeah. It's really really a, a nice bit of business. And then the, this line here about I'm going to count to three and you're going to move the coin. This ends up uh, this ends up. <laughs> Having quite a bit of import later on, but um, you know the thing—the thing about this movie that I've always—that I've always said one of the reasons I like this movie is I felt I felt like this was the first film that really got Magneto right. Um, I love Magneto as a character; he's a really complex figure. He has been both villain and hero throughout the comics. There's a period of time uh, where Xavier is uh, is out of the picture, where Magneto comes to the school and takes over for Xavier in the comics, and uh, and, and has you know does a really really sincere job to kind of uh, do things the way that Xavier would have wanted them done. Yeah, and. Um, you know, I, I never felt like I'd seen that Magneto that, that had the capacity to do that kind of thing. I never felt like I'd seen that Magneto on screen. I never felt like I'd seen Magneto represented in all the complexity he had in the comics. And this movie was was the first time. And admittedly, it's not necessarily that his portrayal in this movie is all that complex. But this is the first movie that really sets up Magneto as being a yeah. a truly sympathetic character. They tell you this stuff in the other films. They tell you, oh yes, he you know he was in a, a Nazi concentration camp. But you uh, only really see the end result. That's you exactly you right. You only see the end uh, of of that sort of arc of the character. Exactly. It's all anecdotal. And in this one, you really see him suffer. You know, at the hands of the Nazis and Sebastian Shaw in this case. But you, you know, in, the, in that classic adage of film, uh, you know, show, don't say, this movie shows us where, where the others had only said it. One thing about this scene always sort of, and, and just sort of in, in general, is why doesn't he lash out at him? Yeah, I mean, wh- know, why like, doesn't he try? I, I get that there's probably psychologically there's some, you know, reasoning of like, you know, oh, well, he's he's... He's just the doctor, and all he is doing is trying to get him out. And so somehow, maybe that maybe well, he sees and, some sort of and, and exactly, and he's sort of is supporting him. Like as soon as he does it, like I, I gotta be honest, it's it's one of the most eerie things. Is is that first shot where he deforms the bell? Yeah, and you look back at Sebastian yeah, Shaw, and you're just like, oh, that's awesome. You know, it, yeah. like it's so instantaneous, and and just the cheering and laughing throughout it. It's it's almost like he's. 
he sort of sees him as a positive reinforcement, so I guess exactly. that's why he didn't do it, but well, man. And I have to say, if I'm going to armchair direct, to me it would have made a lot more sense if Shaw had basically ordered the guards to, to kill to his kill mother. Him, to take a little bit of a, yeah, you know, it, it, because focus off. Like, young, you know, young Eric immediately kills the guards, kind of gets revenge, but older Eric realizes it wasn't really the guards that did that, it was Shaw. Well, and the only, the only reason, I, I hate to say it, I think that would not have, you would not have had the vitriol for that character I had agree. it not been him, as a, as a viewer, you know, as well. Now we see Michael Fassbender. Uh, the awesomeness begins. Yeah, basically, this is where the movie, this is the movie where the movie fucking starts right here. <laughs> Michael Fassbender, tracking down Nazis, fucking their lives up. We're, we're going to talk about this, I know, throughout the whole film, but man, the... The casting in this, and frankly, for being a lot of people that maybe were not super well known, you know, outside of like, you know, like Michael Fassbender has not been in in a ton of movies here. Now, I know, and probably in the UK, he's he's even yeah, he's done TV and better, well known, much more well known, and 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 James McAvoy, same way. I think, of course, uh, he'd gotten a little bit of attention for Last King of Scotland. Uh, I think that was the first thing I'd seen him in. And then I guess 300 was the first thing I saw Fassbender in. Wow, man, that's so funny. I, I forgot about that. I yeah. really I forgot he was in that. He, he's got that great line from the trailer, then we will fight in the shade. That's right. You had to say it, didn't you? Um, and, and here we see, you know, we see Magneto, young and sexy and vengeful, and we see... We see Xavier, young, horny. And, young and horny and, uh, and pimping. I, I love, you know... <laughs> I love how it's like, you know, he plays this whole thing out, and you're like, oh, that's pretty smooth. And then he does the same exact bit to yep. uh, Moore McTaggart, like, later, you yep. know. It's a very groovy mutation, very baby. Groovy mutation. There's, there's a bit of Austin Powers in Charles Xavier in this movie. <laughs> but, uh, well, I mean, that's what you do when your legs work. That's exactly... <laughs> that's right? not the only thing that you need working, but, yeah. Uh, part and parcel, I suppose. But um, they do, they have an embarrassment of riches in terms of the casting. Uh, of course, you know, we'll talk ad nauseum about... You know, Fassbender's Magneto, uh, and then uh, McAvoy is brilliant as Xavier. But also oh, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence is a terrific actress, yeah. and it's such. And you know, they managed to kind of get her in this prior to her becoming uh, so big in, uh, in in the Hunger Games. Again, this is like one of those movies I think we'll look back on, and so many like. Like, I mean, the careers are great at, at already, but I mean, think about twenty years from now when they've got like you know. Careers like a, I don't know, like a Clooney or Brad Pitt, you know, or, yeah. or you know, uh, like these careers that have spanned like you know long, long times, and we'll look kind of look back and say like you know this is when, in a way, when some, they were sort of just coming coming out. I agree. This is one of those films that that you know will have ended up launching a lot. I mean, not launching not, their not careers, launching, but, sort of, but yeah. launching a lot of these people into a, a, another level of yeah. their careers. Yeah. Um, but and, you know, this was. Sort of a smaller film again, right? Wasn't this a, almost a little bit in the vein of the first X Men in the sense that it was the budget wasn't huge? I don't think. I don't think I don't, it was like like I don't think it was yeah. as big as probably like the last X Men as, as Last Stand. Yeah, I can't remember. I, I get the impression that it, that it was a little bit on a smaller scale, uh, but I, I, I don't have any. I don't, I don't have anything to back that up in the way of facts. <coughs> but that, that was my impression is that it was a little bit of a smaller smaller title. Although you know, honestly, it's one of those things that. It, perhaps it is not so much that the budget was just smaller, but perhaps because it's a period picture, and period pictures are expensive to do because you can't true. you can't just go shoot somewhere. You have to, you know, every little thing has to be taken into account. True, true. Uh, it could just be that the movie feels a little bit on the smaller side due to the fact they had to spend their money 
on making a period picture that happens to be an X-Men film. Yeah. And, you know, that's one interesting aspect of this. I, I, I knew that it was set back in the past, but I had never really thought about it. Like, going into it, it had not occurred to me that this would be as much of a period picture as it was. I guess I thought it would feel more like an X-Men film than a period film, but it really does feel like a period Definitely. film. And that's a cool thing. I mean, it, it feels a little bit like, especially in this scene coming up, we're going to see Fassbender here in a moment, and he's like wearing the goddamn Sean Connery, James Bond, three-piece suit. Oh, I mean, well, that's the thing. I mean, look the at this. The whole movie. The, the whole movie really, really plays this up. I mean, they really... Fucking the, the fucking cars going by the you know the the the, the style and fashion of the clothing. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely has has that vibe, and it really is cool. It really plays. It plays um, well. It plays very well. It, it, it's, it's, it's like a sixty spy. It's a little bit like a sixty spy movie. It feels like a Bond movie. It feels a little like a like a sixties Bond movie in a yeah. sense that you know you've kind of got this just this tone tone to it. You know. Yeah. It's a little thing, but I love this shot here where you can see the, the reflections, reflections in the yeah. gold bar. It's you know it's it's one of those things that like directors and cinematographers you know get get wet over, but uh, I, I do have to say I like it. No, it is it's, it's classy. This office is ridiculous. Too. I mean, like this is supposed to be like a bank manager. Like this is the goddamn like this is like fucking Buckingham Palace. This office, <laughs> this thing's ridiculous. And um, here here we come. You know, there's nothing like there's nothing like righteous vengeance. You know, uh, you want to talk about. Uh, you want to talk about getting your audience on the side of a character who's going to do some really nasty things. Nothing will get them rooting for a character like Righteous Vengeance. Uh, if we ever do a commentary on Man on Fire, we'll talk all about this concept. But uh, fucking Magneto here, um, tracking down Nazis with uh, tracking down Nazi war criminals in hiding in Europe. Uh, this is. Uh, this is just it. I mean, like, like he could do anything to this guy. You just don't care. He's just like, dude, whatever. No matter, no matter what you do, it can't be as bad as what the Nazis did. Well, you know, and the one thing I really love about this too is I always, I always love when they use the powers of the characters in sort of, I don't know. It's like the way that you, in interesting, and ways. not the obvious ways, right. you know. And, and like, sure, the, he like, could turn like, a car over. Yes, yeah, we know he can do that. Oh, he could, he could take anything in this room, you know, and and, and bend it around his head, or just take that, you know, yeah. metal statue there and, and just move it over and whop him upside the head. But instead, you know, he talked about the whole like they he, they took the gold from their teeth, and you know, so that's that's yep. sort of what he what he does. I don't know. I just I, I like it because it's a, a little more subtle, but even more sort of. I don't know, just, just sort of more... It's inventive. Yeah. This is a stock shot of Las Vegas. This is yeah. actually vintage Las Vegas. This is a very famous piece of film. Uh, and then we cut to Moira McTaggart. Uh, not, I, quite the, uh, not quite the scientist genius that we will, we will know her to be later on. Well, and, you know, I was, I was thinking about this as I was watching these. You know, she's not in the second one at all. No, she's not. I kind of miss her. I, exactly. I, I thought, you know, the actress... Especially here in a job. second, I miss her. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like... There, there's a few characters that actually sort of feel slightly suspiciously absent from, you know, from, from the, the second film. Or not... I take that back. They didn't feel absent from the film. That's like why you watch the film. Yeah. But then when you go back and you look, you're like, well, what happened to that character? Yeah. Wouldn't that person have been... Probably been around or at least, you know, talked about... So here we uh, here we are introduced to Emma Frost, of course, the White Queen, uh, and uh, frankly, a little flat. 
I really like the actress uh, whose name I can't remember now, who played. Uh, she, she's on Mad Men. She played yeah. Betty Draper on uh, on Mad Men. Um, I was really excited when they cast her. I thought, oh yeah, she'd be really great. But and, and I think the first time I watched it, I, I was I was probably you know just more kind of caught up with, hey, it's you know it's the White Queen. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, I have to say, I'm watching it a second time. I, I do find her to be a little flat in this movie. I just don't I, find that she really brings anything. She not she does not bring anything to that role, and like what you know, McAvoy or Fassbender, or, I, you know, whatever bring I, to their roles. I agree, and also I think it's it's more noticeable. Like in these first scenes, it's not that bad, but later on when they're those scenes have a lot more weight going on, she just feels very, meh, you know, blah. Yeah. Like maybe the whole thing is she is supposed to be very, I don't know, you know, to kind of. Cool, like nothing shakes her kind of thing. Right. But you know, the, the one scene cold eyes. there is one scene that is uh, that is pretty good. But there's also one scene that I think is just tragically um, goofy. I, I almost yeah. think it's sort of silly in the movie. And I'll, I'll bring it up when we get there. All right, Kevin Bacon looking good, no matter what period costume he's in. Check him <laughs> out. And I mean this this set right here. This is right out of a Bond film. This yeah. gag that we're about to see with with McTaggart, and not really a Bond film. That's more like out of uh, Our Man Flint or something yeah, like that, yeah. <laughs> or maybe an episode of The Avengers. But um, anyway, I, I like the <laughs> I love the fucking jelly bean plate. Like you know, you've got like this. You, you've got this pad that costs probably a quarter of a million dollars you're, to put together. You got the finest champagne on earth. They're talking about the finest champagne and, and jelly beans. Jelly beans. <laughs> so now you know, back in the sixties, maybe were jelly beans like a, a new thing. Maybe that was the maybe well. I mean, like they were new. That was how that was how they were dropping acid. But uh, oh, okay, well then maybe that's what they were. <laughs> and actually, you know, <laughs> there's you know, I was thinking about uh, you know, we were talking about on Days of Future Past that uh, you're on LSD. You're on some really bad LSD. <laughs> yeah, they kind of they kind of ring that bell again there's a similar gag coming up here in a second with uh this guy whose name i can never remember but i really liked him in 24 he played a great character in 24 he pops up in a lot of different stuff these days this guy here playing general he, he's uh, kind of he's kind of a one note sort of character but I agree. he plays it really well like like anytime you need that sort of you know military guy that isn't the like the or he's not, he's not like the standard you know gung-ho guy he's always kind of plays a little more complex sort of version of it yeah i i really like him i I do what the hell did you put in my drink Uh, i'm embarrassed to say but who is that character i know i get azazel and i get everybody else but who is that yeah i I, i'm trying i'm trying to remember uh it's uh fucking here let's let's look it up so i don't uh i'll just admit defeat and uh and look it up because i cannot remember off the top of my head who he's supposed to be um and I'm sure it will be painfully. I mean, like his his name will be like a uh, you know tornado, <laughs> whirlwind, riptide, riptide. That's okay. who it is. Riptide. It's a good show. It was the man. Show, they riptide had, with the big I, orange robot. I don't remember the show so much as I remember the intro credits to the show. Yeah, with the helicopter and everything. Exactly. <laughs> that really that good. was like a com. It was like like that show was like trying to be like a combination like, of like, like Simon, Simon and Simon. Simon. <laughs> Airwolf and the A Team or something, and, and Short Circuit or something, and Short Circuit. They had that that fucking orange robot that I always remember just thinking like, how could that help them with anything? Like yes. Yeah. Oh man, and here we go. Jason Fleming as Azazel, who I am all about. I, I yeah. love Jason Fleming. Really cool guy. Always, you know, like never really gets to do a lot out of makeup. You know, forever ends up under prosthetics and so forth. Unless he's in a Guy Ritchie film, uh, but. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Fleming, and he's cool as Azazel. I, that was that was one thing in First Class that I was really looking for. Is like yeah. I was looking for, and I guess they kind of do a little bit like where Mystique sneaks into uh, Trask's office and finds out that you know he's killed uh, you know a lot of the people we see in this movie. But I was yeah. looking for a more kind of direct kind of hint that Mystique and Azazel got together. Yeah, uh, which obviously would have uh, Nightcrawler would would have been. Uh, that, right. That's what sired Nightcrawler. You yeah. Know? I don't think Azazel in the comics was actually a mutant. Wasn't he like supposed to be like some kind of? I thought he was. Or maybe he was a mutant, but like he, well, he like he was like part of like a race of people that looked like that. Well, yeah, yeah, oh, that's that's true. But I, I can't remember if they were like mutants or supposed to be something or else. just just a different race, different right? Anything. Like if they were a different race, but uh, I can't remember now. But he was he was an interesting character. Um. I like uh, I like those knee boots, Jennifer Lawrence. You keep right on, you keep right on wearing those. So here we go. Um, my favorite scene in the film, hands down. I don't, I, you know, what what else you got? You know, pulling submarines out of the water, bullshit. I, I got to be honest. I, I love this scene, but the whole recruiting scene is that that whole sequence. That's my favorite. Okay, I can I, see that. Just just because I love seeing the two of them together, like. Going to strip clubs, yeah. going to fucking bar, like it, it just is like the two of them hanging out. I fucking love, but this is epic. You know, like this, this to me, like this scene right here, says everything you need to know about Magneto as a character and the quiet tension of what's going on. Right, right here at the start, he finds out what he wants to know. There's Shaw. He sees, you know, the name of this ship based out of Miami. And he knows that uh, he knows that Shaw is mixed up with the guys in this bar, which means all of these fucks are dead. <laughs> Every one of these guys is uh, has got moments to live. And I love I love that they play the whole thing in German. Yeah, das Beste until the very last line. Yep. Again, this is a great example too. Of I love him use the way he uses his powers at the end here too. It's 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 not. Fire and brimstone, bringing the whole building down on itself. It's it's much more yeah. subtle than that. Ich bin Schweinbauer. Uh, I I quote this scene. I, I don't understand a word of German, but uh, <laughs> I, I can I can phonetically reproduce just about this entire scene. <laughs> and uh, and again, like you know, it's just it's a, it's that great you know Hitchcockian thing about let the audience know some of the characters don't. We know why Magneto's there. Uh, they don't. And but they know that something's wrong. Something is not right. Uh, this guy knows shit he's not supposed to. And of course, you know, from their perspective, this is going to be a, this is going to be a real easy uh, a real easy thing. You know, it's one guy by himself. Three of them. They got guns. He doesn't appear to be armed. What could possibly go wrong? And the answer is a lot. Two one four seven eight two. I wonder if that's the same number that's on. Uh, Ian McKellen's arm and I believe it is actually, but but yeah, what to what to watch Erin. Has a blut. <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you and your Nazi party! <laughs> oh no, this is going wrong too. That's not wait, not working, not working. Something's wrong. This gag here. Watch this with the knife. Oh, mama! Why? Oh! Oh! Nah! I'm telling you what. I can watch this. We can just set this scene to loop and just keep watching it. I'm fine. <laughs> and finishes his beer. You notice that? Yep. 
He's a man of the world, Eric Lyncher. But anyway, yeah, so that's the thing. As I often said, I felt like this was the first X-Men movie that really got Magneto right. And this scene is a big part of why. Admittedly, this scene is all about uh, revenge. It's not... The high, the, the, the high-minded, <laughs> and we cut to Xavier <laughs> downing God knows how much beer. Look, look, look at this here. Look at this. <laughs> Just going for it. Oh my God, it's funny. Yeah, be honest, it really is cool because it does give you, I think, a new take on on Z- Xavier. I mean, at least the the vast majority of material we you know that we think of when we think of with, with Xavier's. What he becomes, what, yes. and how he ends up, and, and sort of seeing all this was so much fun. It, it really was, and, uh, and and he's just bouncing from girl to girl too. It's the oh, thing yeah. I love. He's he's leaving, you know, uh, arguably the hottest girl in the bar to go talk to another hot girl, another and hot yet girl. another, and get sidetracked by yet another yeah. hot girl. Uh, and this whole, yes. I love this the whole gag where he goes down. He, he's as smart as he is, as brilliant as he is. He's still using the same fucking gag for every girl that he runs. <laughs> Apparently, into. it works. It's a very groovy mutation, baby. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's not into it. She's not in. But uh, yeah, I, you know that, that's the thing about this film. And much the you know what I'm talking about with Magneto. What I like so much about Magneto in this film is uh, seeing you know kind of how he became the guy that he is. You know, certainly he's got a different experience with humanity uh, vis-a-vis mutants than Xavier does. But that's not really part of that's not really part of, of what he's doing right now. You know, he's just he's really just out for revenge. But you know, the the reason that he's out for revenge, you know, having been in this concentration camp and everything, it informs everything that's going to happen with that character and all of his worldview and his attitudes on humanity. He's seen what humanity is capable of. Yeah, he knows how bad it can be, and uh, and it's not speculative. It's it's damn certain. Yeah, and that's the thing about this movie. I mean, this movie really does it is the Malcolm X Martin Luther King uh, you know paradigm it, it is those two forces you know going up against each other and this movie sets all of that in place in a really brilliant way yeah the only reason I just thought of it okay you remember you were asking earlier you were saying like why didn't they have Magneto attack uh, Shaw in the concentration camp after he killed his mom, yeah. probably because they wanted to save the reveal that Shaw was a mutant until here. Oh, I mean, I, I get for the movie's sake why they do it. It just, to me, it sort of seems like, okay, really, you just saw the man who killed your mother, yeah. and, you know, you, you don't kill him. You, you kill everyone else in the room except him. It just yep. sort of, to me, sort of seems a little bit like a, a thing you have to kind of take... Granted, it's not. It didn't harm me in any big shakes. I agree. I do think this is a pretty good reveal, though, as well. Yeah, I, I like the effect here, where his, his like mass is increasing as he's trying to absorb this energy. Yeah, and sort of the speed of everything, you know, that he yeah. that he's able to, you know, kind of wrap around it and pull it in. Real quick, just to jump back for just a second. Yes. One thing I thought was a bit of a miss in this movie as well was the whole relationship between Xavier and McTaggart. Yeah. Like, you know, they they didn't really, you know, they sort of showed, like, in a roundabout way, I sort of expected in Days of Future Past we might see that relationship having progressed a little further. Because, you know, I think that was, was am, I, am I not correct? Yeah, that, Wasn't that a pretty big 
love of his life. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I that, mean, that was a that was a very important relationship. And and they just sort of, like at the end of this, you know, she forgets the whole thing. You know, it's yeah. like oh, okay, well, with so the, we, with the super kiss from from Superman with two. the super kiss exactly. from Superman two. Now, granted, he does have great mind power, so this, <laughs> he's this, got mind power. At least this makes it a little bit more, as plausible. opposed to Superman, who, as far as we know, his dense Kryptonian molecular structure being enhanced by Earth's yellow sun does not include mind powers. mind powers. I have that, that real, real tape deck in the back there. Used to have that exact one sitting in my bedroom. It belonged to my dad. He gave it to me. I recorded some of my first demos and stuff for my band on that thing. That's crazy. Yup. It was a hoss, that's man. That's a number Wait, two like, pencil that's in that. <laughs> you got, got that? I got a pencil just like that at home. I got that guy's nose hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's me. Like, I'm always willing to take it to an uncomfortable <laughs> place. Like, we're watching this scene. Like, it's like, oh, man, like, those suits look really good. Like, oh, I blew that guy. What? I love the Sit little, down. I love the little smirk that she, you know, that yeah. he, she has on his face. Like, you know, hey, it's, it's just me. You know, like, I don't know, I really... It's cool. It's it's one of the staples of these movies, you know, like, uh, Peter Dinklage talked about that, you know, everybody does one of these movies, you get to play yourself, uh, you get to play Mystique playing your your character. Yeah. I kind of love this, too, how he's just in the back of the room the whole time. You don't even really, you're just like, hey, there's another government guy in the background. You don't even really pay attention to it. And uh, he he had a couple of really good comedic beats and and then uh, one big thud. And one (laughs) big... That was well played. I like the, uh, that. But I, I really, I dig, I really dig how, the, 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 again, a little, little tiny thing, why does it not, um, so I mean, they obviously know about mutants at this point, why why do they sort of play it a little more surprised with like the president and everything in Days of Future Past, where they don't, they don't sort of think that it's, it's not like they don't think that it's real, I don't think, but it's definitely not as big a threat. I mean, do, do they not know of the events of all this? I mean, well, yeah, it seems they, like a little they make bit of reference, a They make reference to the film. I, I know at one point they're, they're talking to Nixon, and they, they're they talking about Magneto, and they're saying he was on the beach in Cuba, you know, back in 60-whatever. Yeah. It just seems a little bit like, I don't know, they... You, and granted, I guess that is pretty realistic because people forget shit all the time. People yeah. forget all the stuff that really happens in real well, Plus, you know, <laughs> real quick, love the Jedi mind trick. I do. Here. They're just like you know, yeah. yeah, sounds great. Sounds like a great idea. Get in the car. Hey, great <laughs> idea. <laughs> it's a great delivery on that line. Yeah, too. It really is. I, I tell you, they, they really of course, had got a the, great uh, sense of the humor in this. They got the apocalypse now shot coming out yeah. of the water. Eyes opening up. Got to ha- got to have that. But yeah, again, this does feel totally James Bond, though. Oh, like, it, it does. Just feels it so... does. And he's got he's got that fucking Nazi dagger. He's going to take him out with. Um, Chill out, Riptide. <laughs> Wasn't Riptide a Transformers name too? <laughs> probably. He's probably Gobot. Let's be honest. Fucking Gobots. You ever see that YouTube video? What happened to the Gobots? Where somebody cut together some footage from I think the pilot episode of the Gobots, like where they're. Their home planet's getting fucked up, and they intercut it with Unicron <laughs> no, for the video Transformers that. movie. I, <laughs> I actually always thought a, a GoBots movie could almost be a decent idea. Like, basically, for everything they screwed up in Transformers, somebody could go back and legitimize the GoBots to a degree. Like, seriously, like, like because I don't think anyone had nearly the amount of of uh, yeah. Because you could you could change it to tie. be you could change it to you be anything could, exactly. And, and it wouldn't matter. Psykill? That's a pretty fucking cool name, you know? Yeah. And, like, they, they had some They had some kind of... Leader was, 1 was pretty stupid. But leader I mean, 1 like was still, terrible. Was Psykill a, was Psykill a male or a female character? Male. He was the bike. You know, he was the... I, the, I remember, but I remember yeah, there was, like, some female, confusion about that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I... 
I always assumed he was male, and you're making me question. Oh all no! And now we got to go to now we got to go to the GoBots wiki page. <laughs> How did we get up to GoBots again? I'm sorry. Anyway, come, come on, it's got to be a, it's got to be a girl because you know that like the guys are snickering in the office about like, oh man, I want to ride Psykill so bad. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you know how those meetings went. <laughs> oh man! Um, so here we go. First big action scene in the film, and you, you know, something you were saying just a second ago. You were talking about, you know, it's just fun, and you're right. This movie was just fun in a way that the X Men films had not been up till now. Well, it's not it, to say there was, hadn't been humor. There, there weren't fun moments, but this was a fun movie. And this, this really, they hit this great balance. Like to me, this really is. You know, we we, we always and we probably beat a dead horse, but still, like there's that that feel of like some of the Marvel movies where they're just this great mix of. Uh, a fantasy world that doesn't really exist, but yeah. working within real worlds that that you know that do exist, and, and you know making them believable enough. Um, I mean, you, you look at things like this. Like, there's some amazing action beats. I mean, he rips the fucking top off of a. He boat He turns motor. this yacht into a convertible. Exactly, and and you know they have some great action beats. They have some really good humor that isn't cheap. You know, it's not like just humor that. They, that you're like, oh, come on, that yeah. was good. You know, like, they, they, they work for within the moment that they're in. And check and, this uh, out. And some good drama, man. I mean, yeah. some really fucking good storytelling. And they got a fucking James Bond escape submarine. It, it is totally a James Bond. This is such a James Bond gag, and it's awesome. And, and again, That's you know, it. one of the things you're talking about that I, I really want to hit here is just that, that whole kind of, like, thinking about, okay, if you had a character that had these powers, what could you do with it? And the idea of like Magneto trying to grab this boat, but you know, not quite having mastery of his powers enough yet, basically all he ends up doing is just mooring himself to the thing. Well and, and all, like it's it really is like him trying to figure it out. Like I think he's still he's still coming to terms with his powers. He yeah. doesn't know exactly what to do with them. Um, I do want to commend uh, Xavier on his ability to to track him underwater and know exactly where he's coming up. Oh at. you're right too. He dives in on top of him. Well, he like, is watch. psychic after all. Oh, yeah, there you go. Come on. <laughs> Bam. Got him. But, um... I guarantee I, you I somebody has slowed this, this scene way down and put it to bow chicka bow music. <laughs> Made some sort of slash erotica out of it. I guarantee I, you that's happened. I do right love there. that, though, that he, he is so... In, he is so enraged. He is so angry that he doesn't realize you're going to drown yourself. You're going to do this yeah. because you're you're more focused on that than than you are staying alive. The reality around you, which is you are you are underwater and you, you sure you, you can do a lot of things, but you can't but not you, breathe air. <laughs> you can't not breathe. Uh, of course, I mean you know, that's the whole that's kind of the whole arc of Magneto's character is yeah. Xavier kind of opens his eyes. You know, he's very narrow. He's very narrow-minded in his quest for revenge, and Xavier kind of shows him that there is a bigger world around him. Dude, these two guys were so perfect for these roles. I, such just, great chemistry. Every time I see them, they such, have such great, great chemistry. chemistry. And just such great, like, you, you just see that that seething, you know, coming out of Fastbird. You just see that sort yeah. of calming, like, look, I, I get it. I, I'm, I understand, but you work yeah. with me here. You know, like this, I don't know, they just, they really play well off each other. They do. And the th- the thing about this is, like, like you, you get really how kind of... There, there is an obvious uh, amount of uh, of affection and friendship that you know that kind of grows between these two guys. But you see, like you know how how uh, desperately and sincerely Xavier really does want to help Eric Lyncher. You know, yeah. really does want him to you know to share his vision of the world. And you know, Fastbender, you know, 
Fassbender's just not going to do it. It's just yeah. not going to happen. And it, it does it does kind of make the dimensions of their of their falling out and eventually you know, kind of becoming enemies uh, all the more heartbreaking. Yeah. Now this guy's name. What is this guy's name? Nicholas Holt. That's playing uh, the, the actor. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Uh, I know he's got he's got a lot of uh, good press about stuff. I've not seen him in a, in a I, time, I like but. he's likable in this. I mean, you know, he, he, the, the young cast they get for for the, the people that don't get quite as much screen time yep. was very good. I mean, they just they 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 really sort of hit that. You know, they're they're not fully like. I mean, even he's a genius. I mean, he's an absolute genius, and he still sort of has like some awkwardness and some not you know confidence issues and things like that. You know, um, they really they picked a. A really good cast. They did. I I, I, th- I think on the whole they did a, a fantastic job. There's a couple of people that I'm like, eh, I could have done without you. Uh, the guy that plays Riptide. I don't think he's got a line of dialogue in the whole goddamn movie. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I got to be honest though. I, what does he need to say? He makes tornadoes. In a roundabout way, I think it is that. What's he, he going to talk about? With had you? they got someone else, I think you would have then been like, well, he needs more screen. He needed a little more time, or That's he needs true. more line. Yeah, it's like very true. it's almost perfect. It is the way it is because I think. Why didn't they just get Anna Paquin? She didn't have a fucking line in. Let's not, let's, let's not remember that she was in anything <laughs> until the time we have to remember that. I kept expect. I, I got to be honest with you. Like in the like in the theater, seeing this for the first time, I kept more. expecting this thing to just fall out of the ceiling. <laughs> you know, <laughs> clank. Um, but uh, the thing that's interesting about this, it, it, as a counterpoint to the other CIA guys who were very freaked out uh, <coughs> by oh shit mutants. This guy, um, the, the guy that's running this covert research lab, yeah, he's one of the good ones, to use a, a terrible phrase. Um, he's one of the guys who is not immediately fearful of mutants. He, he's excited by it. He's like, you know, oh my God, like, you know, you, you guys represent, you know, a leap in, in, you know, human evolution. This is amazing. And he, he's excited by this. He, he wants to, you know, he wants to help them. He wants to, uh, he 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 does not want to you know turn them into into lab experiments and uh, it's it's an interesting counterpoint. Now look at this right here. Something about this shot looks CG to me, and I cannot put my finger on what. Well, but like where he slides his head into that helmet, something about there, that looks funky to me. There is something about this helmet that bothers me. And the, the one thing is, it looks perfect. Like I love the way it looks. Yeah. Like I think it it's looks fucking, fucking perfect. It looks so much better than the one they did in the early movies. You know, they yes. had that sort of like yeah. it comes in. It's sort where, of where they were like trying to not do Magneto's helmet. They were exactly. Like, Let's do a helmet, but not Magneto's. But helmet. not Magneto's helmet. Like I love this, but and, and and I think it's almost because I think they made it to fit his head. Originally. Well, they, they did too. They did one to fit Bacon because, and they talked about this. Like they had to do one that fit Bacon's face, and they had to do a different one well, for Fastbender's. The one on Fastbender's face is like off center constantly. It like feels like it's, well, we'll get when we get to it. Because right, this, I'll take a look. At this it. is the scene I was saying earlier that felt like such a sort of. I need some, but first I, I need, need some ice. ice, and then they they make her walk all the way up there just to get like I, I felt like this was yeah. a little bit of a yeah I, a, I, a silly scene, but I, agree. Anyway, I meant to bring it up before we got. Before it was over, but still, it was just yeah. it was just that whole scene where it's like you know builds up. It's like hey, I, I can't read anything, and I think that is his first moment where he's like, okay, now I have no weaknesses around me. Like you right. were maybe one weakness near me that that and now I don't I, have now that. I don't have it. So now get me some fucking ice for my drink, bitch. Well, and, like that's, that's the way it kind of played. It really does, and that and that's the thing. Okay, so there's a couple of and levels. Her nipples aren't hard at all up there, I, which is so unrealistic. So unrealistic. I mean, and with the money they spent on CG. We should even go back to make sure. 
We really should. In the special edition, Days of Future, uh, no, uh, or X-Men First Class. Anyway, um, th- th- there's some interesting drama that I have always felt was was left on the table, as it were, yeah. that they didn't really exploit there. And you were just zoning in on the exact thing, which was when the Russians made this helmet for you, you didn't know that there was another telepath uh, you know, working with the CIA who just attacked you in Miami. Yeah. When you had the Russians work on this thing, the only telepath you knew of was the one supposedly on your side. Yeah. And so there's an interesting there's an interesting kind of thing that's left unsaid there where, you know, Shaw he, he kind of relies on her. He trusts her up to a point, um, but not all the way. And, you know, Shaw's, you know, he's got contingency plans apparently. And so there's an interesting kind of bit of drama to that. And, you know, and, you know, why? Why did he feel the need to have this? Assuming that it's not just an oversight in the script. Assuming that it's not just, you know, like, oh, we got to have, you know, fucking, I mean, because. Or if it's a pacing thing, you know, I, I will say, like, I have never watched. Have you watched the deleted scenes or anything? Is there. Could there have been stuff that just didn't make the final Maybe. cut? No, I, I'm sure if there's deleted scenes, I'm sure I've watched them, but I've forgotten them at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I tell you, it goes back to those something we were picking up, and I was just AT and T symbol again. We saw it in Godzilla. Yes, yeah. We saw it here. Yeah. I think it's that's 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 uh, subconscious advertising. I'm sure they're doing. You're probably right. Um, God, I like AT and T. The um, <laughs> no, the um, the one thing I think that we were talking about with, the, and her name is January Jones. That was the actress. Yes, yes, yes. She, I think, part of it, and I hate to say it, is just her delivery on it. it. Just because of her delivery of that character, it's sort of she could play it as being suspicious. She could play that moment where you know he says, read, "Read my mind," and she says, "I can't." She could play that as being kind of like, "Why are you doing this?" You know? Yeah, or even uh, like. I can't like like kind of like oh shit like I just I just sort of realized what you know what is going on here, what the you know? implication of this is exactly I, I just I don't know she plays it so flat and, and granted I'm gonna be honest I I do remember the character but I just I don't I don't really remember my take on her from the comics maybe she was just this like like an ice queen like this cold never yeah. gave off emotions maybe I don't know but. That's the yeah. way she feel. I feels like she's playing it in this. You know? she, she was she was more interesting than that. And, yeah. Uh, but I, again, I, I think it's, I think it, it is kind of down to her. But there's another thing. I, and, not, and I feel bad because I'm not really. I don't, I don't even know if it was directly her, but it was like the, her performance. Yeah, but and, fuck and who knows? Who knows if that was what you know she was decided to do or what they were telling her to do with the role? Yeah. But, Matt Vaughn's like, listen, less emotion, less emotion. It feels like she's playing. He's like, you're acting too good. All right, you need to. <laughs> you need, you need to take a look at Keanu take Reeves and get your note. get your fucking head in the game. <laughs> or this board over here. A lot of turtlenecks in this movie. A lot of turtlenecks. <laughs> you know, going back real quick to the go get me ice scene, there, there's another thing that's kind of interesting about that. There's just a really interesting misogyny about that whole thing, you know? Now, about just, you know, Shaw just like, you know, like ice winch, go, sir. Well, now, now, I was going to point out, I do think, again, going to like this kind of retro feel – I hate to say it, but it does sort of feel like women in the movie. I mean, look at all the women in here. Uh, Maura McTaggart is in her underwear in the first scene. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, White Queen is uh, is, is in, in her underwear the, the whole, whole movie. And also, you look at uh, Angel, you know, is a stripper, and she's, sure. you know, like, like and, and basically, you know, Mystique is naked the whole movie. Like, they. They don't. Although, ironically, she's the one that, that you know, like, like her nudity is played the least for like erotic content of all of them. Yeah, well, and I think that's just because they sort of had already, you, they'd already gotten you used to it. I guess. I mean, look, I'll take fucking Jennifer Lawrence in these knee boots, like <laughs> over the Mystique thing, anytime. But, but don't you think that is a little bit of almost, excuse me, almost like sort of playing towards the the mindset and I, you know the yeah. sort of, of of the sort of definitely sexism of of that time. Well, where and, they were, it was definitely a, a more. 
uh, you know, I don't know. It, it, it was definitely, I think, the women in this movie are played slightly. Not not played. I don't think they're played intentionally like, you know, haha, we'll just show the women's bodies off in this movie. Yeah. But I think it is sort of like There's at that time, that. that is what it probably would have been more like, you know? I like that I like that line he's got there. He's like, I've been a lab rat. I know one when I see one. I think my favorite line is here. He's like, you know, it'd be better if we could shave your head. Don't touch my hair. hair. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that that's that sort of like, you know, Xavier, you know, his. Hated the fact that he's gone bald. That's exactly when he gets right. older. Because he, he even says it later. Like there's another, there's another scene. Yeah, I, th- I think it's like right at the end. He's like, next thing you know, I'll be going bald. Yeah, that's it. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. And they kind of recreate the Cerebro effect. It's yeah. a little bit more dynamic than what we yeah. saw uh, in, Storm. in the Singer films. But uh, we do see some cameo here. There's Cyclops, I think. Yeah, Cyclops. Cyclops in the background, in the background there. Um, I think we see one more. I can't remember who it is. Or maybe not. But anyway, it was. Uh, I'm sure I don't. Know, I'm not sure who that was supposed to be. Uh, kid reading comics. I and did this scene though. I love this scene. I just love the 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 tone, the music, everything. Just I think this is such a fun scene. Not not just this part of it, but like the whole thing where oh, they're yeah, going yeah. around finding all the. It, I don't know. It's just like the two of them fucking traveling the world. You know. I don't yep. know. Just just being just being pimps roving the earth. Fastbender looks good in the waistcoat. You showed your arms? Now, there is a deleted scene that. here. There is a deleted scene I remember here uh, where uh, Xavier uses his uh, his non-Superman mind powers to make her uh, see Fastbender in drag. Are you being serious? I am absolutely serious. That is, <laughs> really? No, I'm not fucking with you. That is absolutely true. <laughs> absolutely crazy. true. There's a few times, like, uh, for some reason, whenever she's flying, I feel like the CG is not that great. But almost everything, like, it just, it feels, I don't know, there's something about... Well, yeah, it's supposed to be, I don't know, like, something about the motion of the wings and, like, yeah. what she's, like, she's kind of floating. It's supposed to feel kind of like a hummingbird or something like that, I but guess, it, yeah. it doesn't quite... It, love, it just looks like she's on one. Now, did we ever figure, I think we talked about this once, but... Is Darwin a character? You know, I, I really can't remember. If Darwin was a character... Like, I was trying to... Like, maybe he was, like, more like the New Mutants or something like that. Like, some off-character. But he was not a character that I remembered. Uh, I, I, when, I, when this was... But everybody out, else... I mean, everybody else from the comics, so why would they yeah. invent him? But, uh, yeah, well, I... Well, they, 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 they get rid of him pretty quick, too. They do. I love... Not. I always loved Havoc. I, I don't know why I, I always too. really liked his character. And I thought they really hit a, a nice note with this, with him being sort of... A dick, you know. I mean, he really yeah. is pretty much a dick to everybody, but you know, pretty much. And I love the 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 look all of his powers. All your little Nemos are about to be fail. Yeah, I kind of hate this scene. I kind of hate this scene too. These, these fish up. Well, these, these fish are now like screwed for life. They, will, they never can get their bearings straight again. That's exactly right. Ah, you won't. The the thing the thing that's kind of interesting about this scene is. And this guy, who uh, whose name I can't remember. I do like him. Yeah. I've seen him in several things. He doesn't have a lot of screen time, but he makes an impression with what he has. He really, Here he we really, go, really, best cameo in film history. It really was. I'm Eric Litcher. I'm Charles Xavier. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> and, then, and I love, I love the comeback. He's like, I'm gonna say what you said to me once before. Go fuck yourself. Like, I love, yeah. I, they I, turn it around. Such a great, like, like you know. I came little... to you for help. Now you're coming to me for help. Fuck you. Yeah. Here we go. One more. You're my hero. You're my hero, Logan. Don't ever let me down. 
Oh man, that that was that was absolutely it, fantastic. It was it was brilliant. It was it was a perfect cameo. It was just this great little thing that makes you laugh. And frankly, it has no impact on this at all. Of course, it has, it has very little impact on the next movie. But it is just this nice tying of it in together. Yeah. You know, pulling things together. But it's great that they don't. It's great that they don't pretend like it wasn't there. It's great that they don't yeah. like forget about it. It's great that they reference it. And it's great that they play it for drama. You know? Yeah. When when Logan comes to Xavier for help and Xavier's like, wait a minute, I came to you for help one time. Yeah. Uh it, it's 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 a nice spot of writing. I understand that this this room anytime you're making movies and you got mirrors involved, it's a nightmare. I understand that this room uh I think the majority of this is probably CG uh, they're, they're creating the reflections uh, through uh, through compositing tricks and yeah. so forth, CGI and whatnot. Um, because uh, doing a room that's made of nothing but mirrors, not so easy. Yeah. I tried to... They uh, reflect things. They do, as it turns out. Much like a reflecting pool here at the base of the Lincoln Memorial. Again, really cementing the MLK... Uh, you know, of course, that yeah. that that that, uh, that famous famous footage of uh, of Martin Luther King speaking at the feet of the Washington, or excuse me, the Lincoln Monument, yeah. and uh, putting these two guys here with the chessboard between them. You know, we are very clearly uh, establishing this this MLK uh, Malcolm X uh, you know relationship. These two guys who are kind of in the same place and yet still still at odds with each other. Now we come to the thump scene. <laughs> well, actually, it's kind of after this, isn't it? It's a little after this, now, but <laughs> okay. i got to be honest, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it is. The, uh, this scene, I, there, there's elements of it I like, although it does it does feel a little... Well, it, like, <laughs> let's talk about let's talk okay. about why, because I agree with you. Because it's by the, the way, Darwin th- was apparently not not that old character, but he came in like 2006, so you okay, know, a few that, years, I was going to say five years before this. I stopped following X Men uh, right around the turn of the millennium. Right around, I guess, about the time the first X Men film came out. Yeah, I'd kind of gotten out of out of yeah. X-Men that's at that that's point. me too. Probably even a little earlier for me. Um, but anyway, the thing about this scene is the it's the okay we got to we got to give ourselves code name scene. Yeah, that's the part. As kind of, it's, and, and it's, it's not hinky. even theirs. It's, it's when they walk up and they say, right, like, like, "And you're Professor X, and you're Magneto." Like I just, yeah. I, I don't know why. But the thing so about goofy. it is, like to me, if they played it, at, I mean, and they're kind of, they're sort of, I mean, there's like we see soda sitting on that coffee table. Yeah. If this were them sitting around getting drunk, if they were yes. smoking pot, if they were tripping acid, and and talking about this stuff, it would feel a little bit more natural than. Than the way that it does. I mean, I think that it's as good a conceit as any. Like, especially the first X Men film. Like the whole thing with like the code names in the first X Men oh, yeah. film. It is for shit. Yeah, um, no, you're absolutely right. And, and it's I will better here. I actually think, like I said, I think this part of it I don't even have the biggest problem with. Like, it's just it, it's just that part where the, at the end they they do the, you know where Jennifer Lawrence you know jumps out and says, and you're the, I don't know why I just. Yeah. That felt a little too... It's hinky. A little too hinky. Again, but, if they were drunk, it would be one thing. It, exactly, exactly. If they were drunk, it would be one thing. But this, not so much. I love, I love the way they show his powers. Like, yeah. I, in, in the cartoon, you know, they always had those, like, those circles coming out from his chest, you know. Yeah. But, and, like, <laughs> you kind of wondered, like, I don't know, like, it, it, it seemed too straightforward. Whereas in this, it's like, that's so chaotic. It's like, legit, like, get back. Like, yeah. fucking get back. No, no, seriously, I'm serious. I might kill you, get back. Whatever. What was the name of that fucking, God, it was that great, Whatever. it was that great graphic novel, that, that watercolor with Havoc and Wolverine, was it like, like what was it, Biohazard? God, I can't mm, remember the name of it know. now. 
I, I, I remember I've got, I've got it somewhere, but it was early, a really, really cool book. Early days, like probably when I first started in comics, was a little before one of the first things from was the Extinction Agenda, which yeah, was one of the first yeah, comics yeah, that yeah. I bought like on the shelf, like you know, before going back and buying old comics. And I just I remember being such a huge fan of Havoc at the time. Like yeah. I just I just loved. I don't know why I loved the way he looked. I loved I loved his outfit. The whole like you know I don't know. Just there, there was he was just a cool character, and it I was. really loved how. How the representation of them in this, I, I thought they did a, thought they did a, a pretty dang good job. It's uh, again, look at the fucking clothing, man. Whoever was yeah. the fucking uh, production the, the costume designer, costume designer. Oh man, it's fucking awesome. Yep, it's cool. It's really cool. I mean, everybody, everybody looks damn sharp. Um. Like what again, are you doing? Like you're hanging from the ceiling, again, laughing like a minky. What again, are you doing? It does. You really. This really. It really makes you feel like they did write it with them having been drunk, but yet maybe some studio said like, "No, they're underage. Let's have we a, can't have underage right. drinking." Well, I mean, you know, we honestly, can't have I mean, underage drinking in maybe, a PG thirteen film. You know, maybe they maybe they thought, uh, you know, I don't know. It just it almost may, wouldn't make sense uh, for them not to. Although I do, I love. I mean, there really is some weight, like the disappointment. Like it's it's. It, Yep. You think that they might laugh it off, or you know, like you don't know how the movie's going to go, but nope. they really are like not laughing at all. Yeah, I, 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 that that was pretty cool. But it also starts to play in that whole thing where uh, Mirage True. is just trying to be part of the team, is just trying to like help when she can. And honestly, Xavier really does push her down. He, he pushes her down. Mystique, sorry, yeah. uh, pushes her down the whole time. Yep. and and pays the price for it in the end. Yeah, yeah. It, it, mm. And, and you're, you're totally right. As opposed to as opposed to getting to the end, it's like I don't understand why Mystique didn't go with Xavier. They were friends. You totally understand why Mystique Absolutely. didn't go with Xavier. Absolutely. Matter of fact, it makes it more believable because the first time I watched, it, I sort of thought he lets her go way too easy. But he knows. Like I mean, he just he knows at that point. He's like, yeah, I've fucked up at this point. Yeah. I love. I love. This, this is a great scene. gag. It is. It's a great it gag. Because it takes a second to really get what's happening. You yeah. Know, the way yeah. they shoot it. Like even even if you're you know really paying attention, it's kind of like. You're like, well, he's doing what? what he, the dogs. He tells the dog to sort of chill out. And the squirrels were married. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. This is the cheapest visual effect you've ever done. <laughs> they're like, we're going to have that's Xavier it. use his powers here. And they're like, God damn it, we can't afford another visual effects shot. He's like, no, 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 no. That's thing, like, honestly, though, this, this is great because like, if you'd had Lucas doing this, he'd be like, no, 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 we still shoot it. And digitally remove it from the scene. <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just, just to, to prove we can. Just to be difficult. Oh, we can do I don't anything want you, in I want you guys to get soft on me here. Sure. Well, we can do anything in movies these days because I don't know. She literally I, I, never wears clothes. Like, she really doesn't. And I mean, it's not that she, I mean, you know, no, I mean, not that she looks, she's very attractive, so it's fine. But uh, you're right. It, it just, it, it is. It's but almost, I mean, it's totally almost comical, actually, her wearing this outfit with the little <coughs> Russian fur hat and the shawl. It absolutely is. Although, I, you know, I think that is, again, kind of with the character and everything, that's kind of not... Uh, I, I love I love this sort of thing. And it also is kind of neat because it sort of shows Xavier, I think, being more restrained in using yeah. his ability to jump in people's minds later in life, you know, like, cause right. he's a little more respectful and understands how invasive it is. But like when he's younger, he's just like, look, I got to use whatever I've got near me. So, Hey, there's a guard. I'm going to jump in his mind and I got to, I got to do what I got to do. And he totally checks her ass out. He, he does. Like, I just, <laughs> just want to point that out because it's totally, that's Xavier at the time. He's like, ah, 
He's just like, I mean, this this woman's an evil bitch trying to take over the world, but, but damn. damn. It's a fine woman's ass right there. <laughs> nice counterpoint to our life. I figured, you know, uh, it deserved it deserved its own moment. It did. It really did. A lot of people on Twitter like that one <laughs> from last time. So here we go. Uh, Emma Frost and some... Some I don't even Faceless. know. I, it's, like, it's like the guy who always plays Russian guys in movies. They're like, we need a Russian. Get that guy. I, it is. It's like. Oh, I had a modicum of clothing on for a second. <laughs> this is a great gag, though. Like a, it a is, great, yes. great way to handle it. Here we go. Shit's going wrong. It's like, hey, you guys in the background, did you notice that your friends are being our friends are being molested by barbed wire? Did you did you notice that? Well, they're a little, oh, hey. a little slow on the uptake. They're like, hey, what's going on over there? Or the equivalent in Russian, yes. however it goes. So here we go, uh, Michael Fassbender, action star. Oh, all your AK forty sevens are fail. <laughs> Smack. It- it is. I mean, it's just. He, I, lo- I love it. <laughs> Again, it's just. It's, it's people that are st- finally starting to get. I don't know, like superhero abilities. Thing, things that, like, I don't know. In, in older movies, I think they just really struggled. Like, what would that look like? How would yeah. that work in real life? Like, it's great in a comic book, but man, they just they they've nailed it so much these days. Like, we're just, you know, him him running up there and just doing it. Bam, bam, bam. It feels. It feels the same as if, you know, he'd run up and just punch them in the face and, you know, yeah. it's got that kick same their legs out. It has that intensity. Same, yeah. <laughs> I do. I do. She's this so disgusting. Awesome. Although she's still sitting there half naked. Like, she couldn't, That's she true. couldn't be like, doing... Couldn't you have just taken your, your clothes off in his mind? In his mind. Exactly. I don't know. Although, is that something with her ability, maybe? Like, maybe she... I mean, I know it sounds no. silly, but maybe she has to, like, be... Uninhibited to be able to do this stuff. Or no, although like that. that would be awesome if Shaw convinced her of that. It's like your powers only work when your clothes your are off. Like so much you. better when you're. I tried that on a girlfriend naked. one time. I'm like, listen, I was like, you are such a better cellist when you are half naked. <laughs> she didn't believe me. Um, what do you think about her? What do you think about the effect of her? You know, where, where she does this. Uh, her, I think it looks bad. kind of crystal armor. I don't think it looks very good. Like I don't. I don't think it looks awful, but it just it. Yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't. I, it doesn't I also meld don't. Very well. I don't find it very compelling, and that's not her fault. That you know that that's yeah. Like I get what they're going for. Like I get that they're going for this. You know, like it does. It looks like crystal. Like I, yeah. I legitimately believe she's made of living crystal. I just don't find it to be the coolest thing ever. Like I don't, I don't respond to that and just go like, oh wow, that's wow, fucking that's awesome. So cool. Yeah, no, but I mean, you know, maybe we're not meant to. I mean, maybe it's just it's like, hey, that's that's her ability, and that's we made it look as good as we could, or whatever. And Magneto likes to torture the women. Um, oh yeah, he's uh, he, he's going for it. See, even there, she just doesn't look like she almost got murdered. Like, right? She just looks like <sighs> she she's more annoyed than frightened. Um. Yeah. Again, like she kind of she kind of remains maybe one of the weaker points of the movie. You know, I mean, I mean, you know what I like in this. You know what I like in this. 
I like the fact that somebody has CG to describe what's going to happen to the audience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Except, well, I like except they can get mind, away with it. Exactly. That's what, like, that's what she is seeing in her mind. Because I kept thinking, yeah. like, is she seeing in, like, really nice diagrams? You know what would have been like great that? is if she'd have been watching a local TV station that had these graphics pre-prepared. You know what I'm saying? Because we know that shit exists. Yeah. We know that happens. Um. Again, like you know, she has this line, "Beautiful, isn't it?" I, I feel no conviction from her. I feel no conviction that she wants this, that she wants to see you know the world uh, nuked yeah. and and Shaw, uh, you know, rising as it's, you know king just, from the ashes. She's too aloof. Like everything yeah. is is just too too much to that. It, it doesn't come off so much as Ice Queen. It comes off uh, as uh, Zoloft. Now here's what I like to call the dub space. The dub space. The, 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 the uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. The dubstep uh, scene. The dubstep scene. It we is. Wait for the drop. We are, <laughs> and, and the drop's coming. Yeah, the drop is coming. Um. Uh, uh, we can't gawk at you through a window. What, uh. Do you notice? Like this is like windows, like really bizarre. Like the curtain is between two panes of glass, <clears throat> as opposed to the curtain just being in the room with them. Yeah. The curtains. They, you know, between like a, two pieces of glass. Isn't that a thing they used to do though? Sometimes maybe it is. I, I mean, maybe it's legit. I don't I know if you're aware of this, but I actually wasn't alive in 1962. Yeah, well, and, and I wasn't either. I don't know what you're. But to um, anyway, there. there's some fish behind there. Okay, okay. Funland. Is this an actual pinball machine? I want to know yes. if this is an actual pinball machine. It is. I know that I you're don't the know guy. The date of it, but I would say it's probably. It, do you think it's accurate? I to think the it's probably accurate. But yeah, it's absolutely. Uh, it's like Gottlieb or somebody like, or maybe Williams. I don't know, but it is a real one. Yeah. This is again like talking about the inventiveness. Oh yeah. Of you know what you do with these with these characters that have these powers, and it's like you know could Azazel take out an entire building full of people? Yes, yes he could quite easily, as it turns out. I gotta be honest, this one sort of surprised ah! me. Like it, for it was a splat. I, I think it was arguably a pretty good. You know, holy shit! Look, like, at I this. thought that, I thought he was going to be a much more major part of the movie. You know, or, or at least wrong. Yeah, at, le- at least in the movie longer. <clears throat> and here we get. Uh, this is pretty badass. I really, I, I really agree. I dig the yes, but we're the more evolved people. Oh, that's not working. We have a problem. That's uh, that image of him in the Jesus Christ pose with the daggers, and then just vanishing. Oh, <laughs> can we have a movie? Can we have a movie where Azazel just murders people? Because I'll watch that. I don't need I don't need yeah. righteous vengeance. It's just it's just cool. I'll watch it. I don't care. I do. I mean, it is. It, it, it's, it's it's badass. It's, it's such a cool scene. And frankly, I, I do like. I mean, I like in the way that this has much more. Again, we're going to talk about it uh, on the next movie, but. You know, in the, in the first X Men, I think they were really—they're like, look, comics are for kids, so we can't have anybody really dying in this. Like, you know, everyone always gets out of the way of a bullet shot. Nobody, you know, this. Yeah. And like here, they're literally a scene where every single person is either like decapitated or dropped from like you know hundreds of feet up in the air. I mean, it's just—we're talking it's a body brutal. count. We're talking a double-digit body count. Yeah, easy. I mean, like this has got to be encroaching and on like, forty guys. That's what happens. I mean, I hate to say it, but that is what. Comes about, you know, like why? Well, why try to? Why yeah, try to why, pretend why like there's no code. real threat? Like there's. I mean, come on. Worst case, these these guys are just gonna, you know. Well, and and that's the thing. You have to explain 
Why does the world hate and fear mutants? It's because three of them took out an entire yeah. armed CIA installation. Yeah. Three of them. That's why the world hates and fears mutants. Because uh, they, you know, if three of them are capable of doing this, this gag here, this shit here, where he grabs oh, the guy with yeah. the tail and he's oh, hiding oh, behind him. Oh, 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 <laughs> that oh. is badass, dude. Bamf. And I love looking at his face like, God, what did I just do? Yeah. yeah. This did not work like out the, well for me. You know, lots of windows in this place. Oh, sure. Frankly, you got to have lots of windows if you're going to break windows. How can you break a bunch of windows if you don't have windows? That is a great point. That is a... I've never thought about it that way, but how are you going to break windows if you don't have a lot? But, but th- that's that's how movies get made. They're like, listen, I want a lot of broken glass. I want like, lots okay. of broken glass. Okay, I guess we're going to need windows. windows in we this had place walls there. there before, but all right, we'll put windows. I like in. Darwin in the Bruce Lee pose here. It's a little <laughs> bit like. Um, <laughs> God, there's some movie that I'm not thinking of where, like, every time, like, like every time, like, a character's name's called, he, he, like, sort of he gets ready. Like, karate pose. <laughs> well, you, know, you kind of think this was probably that time, too, where, like, karate was real big. I mean, you know, in, like, the 60s, it was kind of sure. becoming a, a big fad, and I, I don't know. Of course, it could just be him being, like, I'm about to be fucking dead. <laughs> Which is exactly what's about to happen. Azazel? Bamf, bamf. Bam. It's kind of interesting the way that he has disdain for the helmet. He's like, well, at least I can take this damn thing up. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's because he's got that hair. I mean, he do, I mean had, if you got Kevin Bacon's hair. hair, yeah. Why would you yeah, ever I mean, want to... How, how old is he now? He's like, isn't he like almost 50? Dude, he's got to be in his... Yeah, he's got to be 50s at this point. And, and I mean, the guy looks good. He does. He, he really he's, does. He's, he's not doing too bad for himself. Uh, I, I'm not happy that he had his $60 million stolen. By Bernie Madoff, but <laughs> like I said, silver well, I mean, lining. Silver you know, lining. Say love me. He is. He, he, he's good, man. He's uh, you know you talk about like him playing a good bad guy, and it's not like a good bad guy. Like he is a charismatic bad guy yeah. here, and that's part of you know that's partly because of the the way the role is written, but yeah. a lot of it is him and, and oh, him yeah. kind of bringing natural charisma to it. You look at him in Sleepers. There's no charisma to it. He's just the he's just the most evil human being yeah. that that's ever lived, and. And, and, like, where he is in that movie, and I'm talking about Sleepers now. And if you have never watched Sleepers, Jesus, God, go watch Sleepers. Um, but where he is in that movie, like, when they're young and at the <coughs> Institute, and then that scene at the end where he's in, or he's eating alone yeah. in, that, in that restaurant and the two guys come up to him. It's just, it, it, it's really, it's one of his better performances, even though it's one of the hardest things to watch. Yeah. So Darwin is going to try something on the sly here. I, I will say, I, I was a little surprised they didn't do a little more with with the Angel's character. Like, you know, I, I, yeah. I mean, it's just like she went with them, and then she's she's on their side. And then you know, like even the fight scene later in the movie, there's no regrets and fighting. I don't know. Just it sort of felt a little like there there was a they needed, slight missed opportunity for they needed just, to set her up more. They yeah. needed they needed to set her up more. They they needed to kind of show her as being a <laughs> uh oh that went wrong. Oh. You have lots of power. I can take that power. Guess and what? Do what I want with it. Um, it's uh, I I agree with you. I I feel as though they could have set that up more. They could have they could have had her be, you know, more skeptical about what they were doing. They they, they could have had her be more um, hesitant, maybe, or even just a little. Well, yeah, and, and just, just more kind of intolerant of humanity. Like like we're going to help humanity. Fuck humanity. Yeah. I do want to point out that 
He did not adapt well to that. He did not at all. Yeah, so... But th- th- that's my question. It's like, okay, but just because it's, like... Just because you're shoving it into, like, through his mouth, like, that doesn't make his body any less capable of adapting, right? I mean, apparently, obviously... Apparently so. There, I mean. There's a threshold to everything, and I suppose we found it. But uh, still, it was kind of like, like, oh, you can only adapt on the outside, but your internal organs remain mushy that, and that is his, That is his weak point. As long as you can get inside his body, he's he's... Useless. Listen, I've heard uh, that there are ways. You don't want to know. But. <laughs> well, uh, the, uh, real quick, the, that, that point that you were making, though, I, I I agree. The thing is, I don't even really have that huge a problem with this scene, like where where they take her with it, because I kind yeah. of think like she is sort of she's been treated like shit. She's been you know she's been a stripper. She's been all this like she's been used not even just for her mutant powers. It just I think she has a little bit of a disdain for just. People you know, people, you know, and you, you, I get that a little bit. And so that scene doesn't bother me as much. What bothers me is later when she's part of that team and, and like her teammate members aren't even like, Hey, what are you doing? We used to be, you know, like there's, there's, there's not Remember even like when this we were teammates little, two minutes ago with the Coca-Cola's. I mean, granted they were only teammates for all of like one night apparently in the CIA <laughs> base. I get that, but I still felt like they're Don't you remember like, we had code names before, before somebody, I can't remember. Like, I think it's. I guess it was Havoc, or somebody, you know, blows her wings off, you know, and you're just like, yeah. I don't know, you just, I kind of thought there would be at least that one moment of, like, you know, come come back to our yeah, side. But like, try, like, trying to reach out. Like, yeah. The same way that Xavier does with Magneto. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, one thing that we haven't talked about, but that is Kevin Bacon does a lot of, and, and Fassbender as well, they do a lot of non-English speaking. Yes. A lot of foreign language stuff. Fassbender, I think, speaks... I, he speaks German, French, German, French, English, and, and maybe Russian at one point. I can't remember. Obviously, you've got uh, you've got Bacon speaking German and Russian. Uh, I think that that scene too. I, I seem to remember him telling some story about that scene was originally going to be in English, and they're like, "Well, why don't we have it be in Russian?" Could Kevin, you know, learn the scene in Russian? And they're like, "Hey, you want to learn some learn some dialogue in Russian?" He was like, uh, "Okay." <laughs> and, uh, so uh, I, I guess you had to learn it phonetically. I, I've listened. I, I'm always curious about you know because like you know you hear people. There are some people who. How hear, does that really sound? How does it sound to somebody who speaks yeah. that 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 native uh, or that language natively? Because we hear you know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, British people who cannot do an American accent to save their lives. Yeah. And uh, and I'm sure the true is I'm there's sure the same is true of yeah, us. Yeah. You know, uh, people. The opposite must also be true. The, it must be. But anyway, I remember reading somewhere that somebody said that uh, Fassbender's German was pretty legitimate. They said it, I, don't, I don't think that his accent was necessarily all that great, but apparently his inflection and his you know uh, pronunciations. But like I, I remember reading some online comment. They were like, Ger- like Fassbender's German is pretty legit, uh, but it, but his accent could use some work or something yeah. like that. Um, so I'm curious to know. I always wanted to know like what this holding cell was. You know, it was like, all right, this is a sound booth. It's literally, <laughs> this is literally a sound booth on the set, and they're like, we gotta like hold her somewhere. Like, let's just hold her that'll in the work. sound booth. That'll work. I mean, that, that's exactly what this looks like. It looks like it looks like a recording studio that's been lit really spookily. Yeah, and uh, and all that. Of course, I mean, you know, it's not holding her. I mean, she could, you know, she's doing this. My question is, why is she hanging around? Like, why doesn't she just leave? She literally could care so little about her role in this moment at this point that she's like, whatever. I'll sit here, fine. I don't care. I mean she does, she just sits there and tells him, Yeah, you've got bigger problems. I'm just gonna I'll hang I'm just gonna hang around for a man in a helmet to show up. I, I guess it is kind of that whole like 
you know, my team is coming for me, so I don't, I, you know, I'm not worried. I'm Maintain. not worried about what you can do. Possibly, possibly. So the Pentagon, uh, a location we will be uh, we will be visiting again. Yeah. In a future film, and a brief cameo from James Remar. I do want to bring up one thing too. And get, dude from RoboCop. I actually love. Like, yeah. I can't remember this guy's name for the life of me. I love this dude. He's in a lot of things too. He's really good. I mean, again, man, the the cast as a whole, even the sort of secondary characters, like even the guy to his right, the, the, I can't remember, you know, the, that plays like the CIA, you know, head. Yeah, like, like the uh, ops chief. Are, are all really just good actors. You know, they did a good job. One thing I wanted to bring up though, yes. before we get too much further, is. I, I loved the historical tie-in. You know how yes, they, with they, the Cuban Missile Crisis, the whole Cuban the Missile Cold Crisis, and, and how you know, like um, you know how how we sort of see it as in real life, like you know what what you know what is supposedly really happened and everything, you know. Yeah. And then you know, they, but they play the movie as like you know An this alternate is what really happened or what could exactly. have happened. You know, and it's. Um, I really like there that. There could have been some conspiracy well. theory stuff surrounding yeah. this later on. You know? Exactly. But I love how they play it. The mutants like, were there, man. They were in Cuba. <laughs> I mean, you know. That's a good point, though. It, it, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of neat angles into this film. And, and that, and it that is one it doesn't feel like stuff that you couldn't, like, oh, God, that's going to cause trouble later on when you try to explain it. Like, I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's just involved enough that you're kind of like, it gives you a real sense of the, the time and place that you're in. But it, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't put too many questions out there that you, you'd have to, like, worry about later, you know. I, I, I really dug that. I actually thought that was a very cool way of uh, handling it. And, and, I mean, you think about it, honest to goodness... Kennedy has more screen time than a lot of actors in this movie. I mean, genuinely, he is on screen in a bunch of scenes in this movie. You Hogging know? the camera from beyond the grave. <laughs> I mean, uh, I just think it's kind of interesting how it's just sort of that whole... I just think it's very cool. I, I love this scene, too. I love this whole sort of training sequence. Yep. I like, I like, how, <laughs> I like how Magneto's like psyching himself up for this. Yeah. <laughs> look at that look at his face like yeah. and Xavier's like ah, playing with guns yeah. playing with guns let's do it let's do it you sure okay I can. yeah I don't think this is a good idea uh, yeah they, 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 Come on, you know what they need? They, they need some. They need some, They need to do like a like a companion film to this. It's like the Xavier Magneto road trip movie. Oh my god! I, I literally would watch an entire TV series about that. Like if they <laughs> if they did like a weekly, you know, just. Them hanging out. I, I would even if it wasn't Professor X and Magneto. If it was just Fastbender and McAvoy, I would watch a TV show of them just hanging out week after week. I agree. What would they talk about? This, having sex with hot women <laughs> and and whatever else it is they do. I mean, you know, it, I mean, it, it would literally it would literally be like McAvoy's like take on Xavier in this. It would just be like going around like. We're in Prague tonight, <laughs> and we are going to have our way with their women. <laughs> their chambermaids will be ours, and, and they will be grateful for it. That's true. I uh, I, I also really <laughs> okay. So there, there's always logic questions that I tend to ask in movies. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, sometimes you can poke holes in plots with it. Sure, sometimes sure. it's just being nitpicky. Yeah. But one question that well, I really want to know: Why does Xavier have so many anatomically correct female <laughs> mannequins in his basement? Do you, you know? Does anybody else wonder about these? Do things? you remember that last scene that that Hank puts it up? He kind of like cops. He does. He kind of cops. I love that. <laughs> He's that like, was such a. I uh, almost guarantee. Thank you. Hank. I almost guarantee you that had to be like a uh, an unscripted thing that he Probably. just sort of did and they left in. Like, how about a um, cop of fuel on this thing? I mean, yeah, I uh, 
I really dig it. I, I, I really love this scene. I don't know why it's so funny to me, but it's just like, yeah. you, walk, you look at this room like, okay, yeah, this is a bunker, and you know, okay, whatever. And then it's like, all right, yeah, you did a good job. Let's see how it's going. Oh, my God. You know, <laughs> like the whole place is literally just, it's on fire. <laughs> I just think that's awesome. Yeah. And he's just sitting there like, what? I mean... I tried. They do this interesting kind of thing here, you know, with the frame. You know, we're doing a lot of these kind of, you know, framing transitions. Not unlike a movie that uh, we don't want to talk about, which is <coughs> Ang Lee's Hulk. Yeah. Remember, it had all the, you know, like it was really trying to do this comic book frame. I think they did it more in a comic book style, whereas this is more just, I think, to invoke a comic book feel. Sure. Like, it doesn't, like the frames they're cutting out actually don't look like they'd be good <laughs> like, frames. I think this is awesome. <laughs> It sounds like a duck. The the next scene, though, is the better one. Where they're on top of the the dish. (laughs) There's a great laugh there. This... I don't remember. Yeah, I, I don't remember Beast being, being Flash. Super, yeah, being the Flash. I thought the exact same thing. Like I don't remember him being Flash. I also sort of thought this was a weird way to like. Is that his power? Like, like to me, Beast He's was more like strength, agility. Yeah, like yeah. like to me it would have been more like to have some sort of gymnastic thing going on more so than just right. running. Um, but you know, it is good enough, I guess. I, I it seems hinky to me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, this is going to be a, this is, yeah, I mean, kind of the start, I say the start, but I mean, it, they kind of, they kind of started this, uh, when they were still in the, in the, in the CIA lab and she's hanging out with Hank inside of the, the fucking aircraft engine. Yeah. But, um, this, this whole thing, you know, where Magneto is, Magneto is kind of goading her. Magneto is, is prodding her and saying, uh, you know, be who you are. Um... And and you know, kind of ant- in an antagonistic way, saying, well, "I accept you. Why don't you accept you?" Well, and also, I almost think, I think that definitely comes later. That specific feeling. I think now it's almost like he is he is in the training mode, just like Xavier is. Except his training mode is throwing people off of satellite dishes, <laughs> and, and well, honestly, and and dropping weights on people so that they realize that they can. That that they are using some of their ability to to not be aware, right? You know, like yeah. it's his way of, he, of of helping them train. He's, really he's got do. the tough love boot camp down. I don't think he really starts to think in terms of the the, the general like she really is more special until the later scene where yeah. they're you know I think that's where it starts. Once he gets a glimpse at Rebecca Romaine Stamos, he's like, hold on, yeah, let's talk a second here. This is <laughs> this is awesome. You, I trust him. Not so much. Say nothing. Vesper's <laughs> <laughs> like what? Somehow, I always, I always thought Banshee was stupid. <laughs> I, mean, I actually thought this. I, was, I actually thought this was a pretty good. Like, like it was, it was a good portrayal of character. But I, I was never like, yeah. like, like to me that was like. Somebody wrote what? down a list of names of characters, and they were like, "Oh yeah, this will be a- yeah." There you go, right there. There you go, right there. That's, that's just such a ugh, like. This yep. is such an obvious copying of a feel there. Which is which is kind of sad, considering the fact that Jennifer Lawrence is like throwing herself but at. I him. think that's the thing. Like that's the, yeah. he's like too nervous or afraid to you know. 
It's like she's like, what? You'll you'll touch a doll, but not me. You're no man. Well, I mean, maybe you can make yourself look like one of those weird dolls that Xavier has way too. Oh, many that's of. fucking great. Okay, now like, there's like a whole I, like subgenre of like shit Mystique's boyfriends have asked her to do over the years. <laughs> <laughs> Like seriously, like, like like that should be like a deleted outtake, or that would be like a great deleted scene. Is like from like one of the later X Men films. Like Patrick Stewart turns to Mystique's like, seriously, what's the freakiest thing he ever asked for? <laughs> and then she looks at him and says, "What?" <laughs> I'm trying to think what? of. I know, I'm just. I'm trying to think of the weirdest person something? that somebody could say. What's that guy? He was. He was like a reporter back in the 80s, and he had like the real wild black hair, and the black room glasses, and the real weird mustache. Do you know what I'm talking about? You're talking about the guy that did, uh, did uh, movie critic? Uh, yes. Movie critic? Yeah. yeah, what was his fucking name? Because um... <laughs> to me, that'd be the wildest, like, what's the craziest thing you've been asked to do? So, like... <laughs> <laughs> and he asked. He asked. He wanted. To, he wanted to go to bed with Siskel and Ebert. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Oh. I, I want to say. Um, oh, I can't remember. I know exactly. I know exactly who you're talking about though. The, the movie critic. And and but the thing is, he 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 looks like. He looks like a guy you'd imagine would be like a Dr. Demento-style DJ. I feel like I've seen him in like a, uh, like, a, a, like a Family Guy episode or something like that. Oh, too. I'm sure. Anyway, I can't think of it. But. Anyway, while you're looking that up, <laughs> yes, I'm going to talk about the movie a little bit more. Um, you, you have here you know, this, really, uh, this really emotional beat you know, between Xavier and Magneto where Xavier kind of you know, unearths this memory of Magneto's mother and yeah. you know, kind of tries to, tries to help him – you know, hang on to, to to some semblance of something in his childhood that was not terrible and awful. Well, and, and just to rem- just sort of to like remind him, like you know, you you're choosing to remember all of the bad things rather than yeah. how many good things. And, and another, man, just the emotion that that, that he gets across is, is so awesome. You know, one thing that you were talking about earlier, and I'm going to comment. This is like a weird thing to comment on, but. Um, <clears throat> The whole thing of like people miming superpowers. I really dig fast, like what Fassbender does, like with his hands, like his, his body, and so forth. As he's you know kind of imagining himself, you know, manipulating these things. Yeah, it's it's like his way of sort of, I think, feeling his way through it. Even right, though right. it's really not, I don't think, tied to in any way his hands. It's just his way of sort of just articulating his ability. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But th- there's a couple of things that Ian McKellen does as Magneto in, in the first three uh, X-Men films that really kind of bugs me. I'm just like, yeah. that looks dopey as shit. Like, oh, what are you doing? There's you know? a lot of things. And, and I, again, I think it, I think some of it is just that whole thing. That really was relatively, I mean, not counting like, the, you know, the Supermans and Batmans. That was, you know, one of the earliest comic book movies. And I think they just it hadn't was. quite got that feel. And especially, and I hate to say it, an actor like himself, where, where I think now it's not that hard to sort of imagine. But, I mean, he, I don't think, probably grew up with comic books and things. You know, I, mean, no, I, I don't think no. that was a big part of his life. So it's like, he grew it up was with, more uh, of a foreign concept. He than, grew up with T and Shakespeare. Yes, exactly. Or something. I don't know. But, uh, anyway, it, it's a little thing, but it, it's one of those things I appreciate. Like, like I, I really... I really dig, you know, just just some of those some of those things that that Fassbender does with Magneto, um, where um, and, and that's not to say I just like Ian McKellen at all, but uh, like I said, there's some things that like I see Ian McKellen do in those X Men movies where I'm just kind of like eh, that's a little that's a little stupid. No, I agree. <laughs> like somebody should have told you to like you know like do something different with your hands or your arms here. Yeah, I, I really can't wait to watch that because it, it's been it had been so long 
since I'd watched it till, till I watched it just the yeah. other day for this. And uh, it, it'll, it'll just be interesting to talk about because there, there actually were things that were better than I remember and things that were worse than I remember. You know, yep. it, it was very mixed feelings. Well, and um, well, I, this I don't, honestly though was every bit as good as I remembered it being. Yeah. If not even more so now that I've seen, you know, you know what well, I mean? Like it was kind of like when I got done watching this, I was so jonesing to watch Days of Future Past again. I know, like it, was right? just, it was it was so. So it's just so much fun. The the experience of watching this movie for the first time, uh, the thing that I remember is I was not really interested in seeing it. I I uh, I checked out after Last Stand, the third X Men film. I, I was done with it. I hated X three so much, and uh, we all know how X Men Origins Wolverine turned out. Um, I was just done with it. I was just like, Jesus, God, like, you know, they're just going to run this fucking thing into the ground. And then I suppose they'll do a crossover with the Avengers. But anyway, um, I felt like, I felt like, like, like they just, they just were, were grasping at straws. They're like, okay, well, we kind of fucked up everything that we did before. Now we're going to do this stealth reboot. We're not going to tell anybody it's a reboot. Gene Shallot. Gene Shallot. Yes, sorry, I'm so sorry. Yes. I was literally looking well, I kept up thinking it was... 80s movie reviewer mustache guy. That's the, only, <laughs> that's the only way I can pull it up. Anyway, I'm sorry. Google is so, I'm so smart. I'm so sorry. But but, I, just, I had, had to get out there. Anyway, but, anyway uh, but the point is that my expectations for this were so low. Yeah. Because I, I just felt like it was a cop-out. They were like trying to reboot. And they're like, well, we've got to do an X-Men film, but we just don't have anything to do. And uh, it was so good, uh, and it caught me so off guard when I finally did watch it. Now, in this scene, really strong counterpoint to Magneto. You know, here's the guy she's been throwing herself at. Here's the guy she's been interested, telling her, well, you are beautiful when you're not blue, when, when, when you're making yourself look human, as opposed to what Magneto has been saying, which is, be yourself. Yeah. And... Um, and and says it very overtly in this uh, in this scene coming up again. Magneto and, and Xavier playing chess. You, nice you, motif. You always, or maybe not always, but like it, it's almost one of those things too. Like you kind of in any other version, I think you would you would sort of see like, well, that's just Magneto maybe manipulating her. Like, does he really believe right. that? Really? Like, I mean, I know I know his his mentality is that that's what's beautiful but but let's be honest but in this one i think i think it really comes across as he's genuinely like look you are beautiful the way you are the way you are not the way you you know choose to be in front of other people you know and yeah. I, I you really believe it in this whereas i think in some other takes it could really just be played as like well he's just saying that to gain her confidence or you know right. to at least to a degree but I, I think it comes off as pretty sincere. Here. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's the thing, you know, you know, the the thing about Magneto that changes through this movie is it starts off being really, really about revenge. But Xavier does open Magneto's eyes to to the wider world, and but unfortunately, Magneto <laughs> is bringing his own life experience, his own journey in, into that into that wider view. And Magneto sees the world; he sees mutants interacting with humans. Going a very different way than well, Xavier. The thing I think is kind of brilliant is the fact that Magneto and Sebastian Shaw are still Sympa- exact same Sympatico. way. I mean, they, Sympatico. They, There's that great they, line where it's he says, just that he hates him. Oh, you yeah. know? That's why it's such a you know you you kind of get to the end of the film and you know you're like, well, what's going to happen? Well, I mean, nothing really changes except just leadership. Yeah, basically. <laughs> the leadership of the. Uh, you know of, of the bad guys, but um, and there is there's that great line where he says, "I want you to know 
If you can hear can, me in there, I agree with everything you've said. Can I ask you? But what? you've killed my mother. So. But you killed my mother, so we have to do. That. Can I ask you? How did? There's one part of this movie I wasn't crazy. How did you feel about his beast? Yeah, not 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 awesome. Not awesome. I gotta be honest. I really remember when I first watched the film. I was like, that that really can't. Is this what really? It, it looks it looks kind of cheap. It it, it looks honestly look it honestly looks like a. Like he's a mascot for a sports team. <laughs> I mean, it, it genuinely it looks like a fake costume, not like the nerdy throwing away the hottest girl in the film team. Whatever, wh- whatever yeah, sports yeah, team that is, whatever that he's is. their fucking mascot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, that was that was that was one of the few things in the movie I actually felt was pretty bad. Like I just I felt like it kind of. Um, thank goodness it wasn't just a huge part of the movie, and, and you know, you, most of the time you, from this point on, you just see him his face, which is not the you know worst of it, I guess. I I, I agree. I, I did not think that it turned out. Uh, I, I there was not it was not the the best the best thing that they did in this film. Second uh, second best second cameo. best cameo ever coming up. You got to be honest though, they, they really did a great job in terms of this series, which frankly has you know spanned. A long time, two thousand. It's been fourteen years. Twenty fourteen. I mean, how about and, and they still kept a lot of the, you know, a lot of the same people involved. She's like, wait, I get to play Mystique and I don't spend nine hours in makeup. <laughs> Done. I actually think too, like even though they don't really look alike, they do sort of somehow. Like they, yeah. when they're as Mystique, they could be as they could be from the same tribe. When they're as Mystique, they look. I did, like they made the makeup, the the yeah. hairstyle, everything looks exactly like what you would expect her to grow into. You know, yeah, uh, I, I, it's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's just impressive as a you know, again as a continuity thing. Like you know, you'd you would just almost guarantee that they would change it just a little. Like, well, we got to we you know, we're not. She's not going to be quite as blue, and her hair's not going to be you know is going to be a little bit different styled or whatever. But no, they they pretty much nail it. There's a lot that they leave unsaid in this relationship between Magneto and Mystique. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's romantic interest here. You know, we're seeing them get together. There is that, and here we go, full body for the first time. Um, again, you know, you know, a, a, a full-on depiction of nudity in the film portrayed in no way for. Can I just put an awkward pause there for thing. like about a good four seconds? Where we're just like, uh. 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 And, you know, we, we kind of have this turnabout, you know, on the first scene of the film where Xavier stumbles on her rummaging through the fridge. And he's, and he's like, whoa, 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 you, come on now. And he's, he's nervous. He's uncomfortable. And that's the, thing, that's the thing about it is, again, they don't play it as like Mystique is just, you know, she's, she can't be reasoned with. You know, she's angry at him for something else, and she's taking it out on him by going with Magneto. He's not comfortable with her. Yeah. You know this way, and Magneto is. You know, Charles has maybe got some some prejudice or something that he's got to get I, over. I think he definitely does because you know they, they talk about the whole point that you know his ability does he doesn't look any different. He can walk amongst everybody, and, and yep. you know his ability doesn't stand out. Well, at sight. least he can walk amongst people now. <laughs> the uh, but the, <laughs> the the like they talk about really look at all the other characters. They're they're really pretty much the same way. All of them are. It's relatively easy to hide their their ability to to a certain degree, like or yeah. or it's totally hidden. But hers is the most outwardly visible, at least up until this next scene. Yeah. Well, yes. I mean, you can say a lot of things for her. She ain't got fur. Um. 
bring the case Professor much. Professor X's yes. School of Mutants and their mighty mystic animal partner Jeez. guy. <laughs> he does. I mean, he, he, he looks he looks like a rejected makeup design for a Thundercats film that yeah, never was oh to be. Oh, my God. I don't know if it looks that good. <laughs> oh, my God, my God, my God. Now, here's here's another thing. Like, this thing with them standing in a line beside this jet it seems so contrived to me. Like, it's just, it's a little thing. I shouldn't let it bother me. But I'm like, there is no reason in hell for them to be standing there like that. Why aren't they standing in a circle talking well, to each well, other? Or were they walking up? Like, if they were walking up to it, it would sort of, you know, but, like, they're just standing they're there. They're just standing underneath. there in a line. You know, because it looks good for the camera. Yeah. And, and, like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. Sometimes that stuff, like, I see that stuff. I'm like, okay, yeah, like, whatever. Like, it's it, it's just the way that it needs to be. But for whatever reason, like, in, in this scene, like, it really just bugged me. I'm like, well, why are you all standing there in a, in a perfect line in front of this plane looking at it not saying anything? It, the weird thing to me, too, in a way, is sometimes if it's a really good movie, you can overlook it because of that. Yeah. And sometimes it stands out more because of that. Like, it's it's weird. It's like sometimes because the movie's so good, you're like, man, how, how could they miss that? You know, right. how, like, everything else was so was, was so right. And, um, you know, but then vice versa, the same way. Like, you know, you, you kind of give it a little bit of leniency when the movie is, you know, frankly, the, the, the movie's better, so you kind of like, ah, whatever. I mean, I wish they had done that differently. I do love that they were wearing bell bottoms, too. I think they were, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I genuinely think that the style of the suits is pretty awesome, but yeah. again, fits really in with the time frame. With the time frame. And it looks like, you know, it looks like fucking Kevlar or something. And of yeah. course, it also, you know, calls to a, a strong, strong image uh, born from, you know, the early, uh, the early X Men uniforms from the comics. Yeah. Certainly uh, calls that to mind as well. It, it, it is kind of funny too because you know they they just never have those kind of uniforms, uh, you know. In, in the ladies and gentlemen, Michael Ironside. <laughs> in the uh, you know current films, they go with the you know the black leather kind of you know yep. thing, and uh, which uh, I mean I mean honestly, you know there there are there are there are aspects of the uniforms I can kind of take or leave. Um, I I probably like the as far as like them having uniforms. I think this is probably my favorite interpretation of anything. Although I do like the outfits in Days of Future Past, like like in the future that they're wearing. Uh, yeah, that look like no, they have fucking body armor and stuff like that. I, I, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, I, I like those, but I like the uniforms in this movie. Probably but they also were sort of more personalized too. Like that was the thing yeah. in Days of Future Past. They felt like they were in the comic books, which each character was sort of different. Like yep. they they, they weren't. Thing. Whereas like in X Men, in the first one, you know, they're all wearing that sort of very similar looking leather, you know. Outfit and I, I just, it's just like this refusal. Like I mean, they even make that joke, you know. What you expect Wait, us to wear, you know? Spandex. Yeah, and it just, I'm like, yeah, kind of. Well, it, you're fucking super. You're fucking, you know. I mean, like you're fucking, fucking mutants fighting, you know, uh, yeah, fighting know. other mutants. Well, and the thing that I was when, going to say when, though, when when musical groups go out on stage, they wear costumes. Like to, to say that you wouldn't choose to. When when people go play basketball games, they wear uniforms that are colorful. I mean, like yeah. it's not someone on someone directing the movie thought it was silly, but I mean, I, I just don't think that it's as silly as they kind of always pretend like it is. You know, the, the thing about it is, I think that there's a way. I mean, like this movie, like how do you do yeah. like a bright, you know, yellow and blue uniform? You make it look like a fucking flight suit. Yeah, exactly. You, you, ex- you know, they, they find they they find a reason <coughs> that just allows you to suspend your disbelief enough yeah. to say, yeah, it looks like a flight suit that just happens to look like a fucking X Men uniform. Yeah, and and I applaud them for that. Although, you know, I will say on on the special features I was watching for the first X Men film, 
um, after uh, after I watched the movie. There's a moment where the Can I just real quickly yes. just just I'm sorry four for gigs. I remember watching this. So he kicks him in the head. Does that mean they're all dead? <laughs> like I mean, he he obviously gets in the mind of this one guy, so he can't yeah. be dead yet. And then he just gets kicked. So and then he's like, the crew is all dead. Like I'm like, that seems like a big jump to a. Conclusion. Maybe he's got. I love that he's wearing the captain's hat. That's such yeah. a that's such a cool thing. Maybe he's got daggers for feet. Did you ever consider that he is a mutant after all? Uh, yeah, I mean, can you prove? Do you have scientific evidence he doesn't have daggers I, for feet? You know what I can't. All right. Well, then I reject your premise. So anyway, the point <laughs> is that. Um, I felt like the, the contrivance for the uniforms in this film was was great. It, it, it allowed them to do something that felt familiar to an X-Men comic fan yep. and yet also really fit the film. And there's a scene from, from – there's some video footage of Singer and the four principals uh, from the first X-Men film hanging out in somebody's trailer talking about the, the costumes, talking about the uniforms, the black leather outfits. And Singer basically says – this is a pretty safe choice. You know, it's just like, let's just do some black leather outfits. Uh, and, and he concedes that basically, you know, we just don't have like the time or money to do something really extravagant. He says, but, you know, like in a sequel, you know, we could kind of take this and, you know, like they'd be a little bit more personalized to each character and blah, blah, blah. He says some of those things. Now, the costumes in X2 still, you know, pretty much look the yeah. same. Maybe at that to point, me, that, that sort like, of sounds a little more like, like, Covering up for that because I mean like so so you still had to make those suits you couldn't have they couldn't have instead of using black leather used uh, whatever blue and yellow like they yeah. couldn't use blue you know I mean they just I, I don't know to me it just it feels this it, it feels like it came from the decade from the time where we were still they were they were. They were still very self-conscious about making a comic book film. Exactly. And they were. Yeah, they were they very self-conscious were. about making a comic you, book You look film. at all the comic book films from that time. Like, you think of, like, Blade. You think of, uh, of the first X-Men. Um, Spider-Man probably, you know, because, I mean, Spider-Man, the first... It, it, they they went all the way with they it. Did. I mean, they, they, they were they like, sort of "What Spider Man's costume looked like? Let's do but he, that." But even with that, there was a little bit of you know controversy at the time because they, they used that that textured material and they yeah, they try yeah, to make yeah. it look like a what, what could exist in real life. And some people had a little bit, of, but but I don't know. It still felt like they were just trying to be. I don't know, like like not fully embracing the fact of of what it is. You know, not yeah. fully embracing that these were super beings. You know that that you know. I don't know. I have to say this helmet is not all that flattering to Kevin Bacon's nose. Yeah. I look at that and I do kind of go oink, oink. Just a little bit. Yeah, I thought the exact same thing. It's like maybe you shouldn't make his nose the focal point of this helmet because he looks a <laughs> maybe, little bit like a man. Honestly, maybe he looks a little bit like why he wants pig. to take it off all the time. That that's exactly been, right. It could have been Kevin Bacon saying like, look, I don't want to wear I look this like Man Bear Pig in this thing. i got to get this goddamn helmet off. <laughs> man Bear Pig. Oh, my God. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I like I like here. I like him. I like that look on his face. He's just like dead staring, like yeah. right ahead at, at Magneto. Like, you, don't you get near? He's him, like, do not touch me. <laughs> I really like his demeanor. This kid that plays Banshee, like he's got this sort of. I, agree. I don't know. I, I, I he's very likable, and I like the fact that you know Xavier is coaching him right up to the end. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, you feel it does look like he fell almost as far just there as he would have from the plane originally. So oh yeah, really he would. Sure he would have. Need to, I don't. Know. Although I do dig this. I think this is kind of bad. You might want here. to take off your. You might <laughs> want to take off your cans. Uh oh, you know it, it's it's that uh, it, it's that it's that great kind of 
kind of you know the team coming together. You know, <coughs> uh, you know we're, we're finally as opposed to you know a collection of people who all have you know their their own prejudices and problems and so on and so forth. We're now really seeing a team come it, out of all this. It, it was a little disappointing though because I do think they did a pretty good job of that in this film, and then you don't see a lot of them. You know, yeah. again, like you, you know, I mean, granted, I guess things could have happened to them. Different, you know. I don't know. It, it, there's definitely uh, reasons. Maybe it went the way it did. <laughs> it's the, the helmet does not suit him right there. <laughs> just, uh, maybe, maybe they could have gone a different way. Uh, that's all I'm saying. I, I genuinely now am beginning to think that's why he wants to take the helmet off all the time. He's like, look, I just want—I don't want to be wearing this all the fucking time. Makes me He's like, have you seen what I look like in this thing? Can I take it off now? Can I just say like, hey, thank goodness so there's no psychics around. <laughs> can I just say that? It'll, it'll kind of make sense, right? <laughs> like, no, Kevin Bacon. No, Kevin Bacon. Like, listen, if you've got such great judgment, then how the fuck did Bernie Madoff steal your money? <laughs> This is what you get for talking. You're right. This is what you get for talking me into investing with them too, you jackass. <laughs> that you know, secretly, some of the, one of the producers had like they had like an extra grind with Kevin Bacon, and they're like, "Listen, Kevin, I know I've never been able to get you in the film before, but now that you're dead fucking broke, what do you say?" And it's like it's like the worst thing ever that he has to concede to work for this person, <laughs> and then just to add insult to injury, they're like, "Put him in the pig helmet." <laughs> Like, do I really have to wear this? Yes, it's how your character uh, avoids. Shoot him from lower all the time. Never shoot above, so it's it's really pronounced. What a 15 degree down angle on this motherfucker the entire shoot. You're going to look great, Kevin. It's hero angles all the way, buddy. Uh, (laughs) And he's just sitting there the whole time seething. He's just like, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. What was that, Kevin? You still want your paycheck? Yes, yes, yes. Still do. Yes, nothing. Where, just keeps. Where, I was just looking for my helmet to wear. <laughs> totally, totally punks him, <laughs> Mister Spank. Just keeps speaking in your normal strident tone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, guys, God. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna be honest with you. If you want to understand half the jokes that Tony and I do, you gotta watch Mister Show. If, if you, you haven't not. watched Mister Show and you're lost some of the time, I apologize, but. It's you just you just got to do that. It, it is an amazingly underrated show that I don't think I don't think it, uh, most people have ever even heard of, much less seen. But if you have, we we should fucking do commentaries for Mister <laughs> Show episodes. We, should, we probably should. They'd be better we, than the commentaries they did. Their commentaries were actually pretty shitty. Yeah, sad to say, but God, that was. And for those of you who don't know, Mister Show was a sketch comedy show that ran for three seasons four, on HBO. Four was it? Four? Yeah, the first uh, first season was kind of like short. That's right. Yeah, they, yeah or the first two maybe even. You're right. You're right. Uh, so it was four total, and um, that ran on HBO in the late '90s, I guess. Yeah, yeah. We actually caught them. It was like I think when like maybe the second or third season was starting. Yeah. Um, we kept seeing these commercials on HBO, and they had like uh, and they were doing like a marathon where they were showing. We like wired this microwave to run with the door open to prove a point. <laughs> Mr. Show with Bob and David. Oh God, it was it really was. It's it's a funny show. Too. I love that bit there where Magneto uses his power to brace he and Xavier to yeah. the hull, and you think for a second like, oh, this is how Xavier's back's going to get snapped, and but th- th- that's you know they're kind of like they're kind of reminding I just, you. I just thought of some fan fiction. I'm sure that's been written about that. Oh scene. yeah, they slowed that scene down. They slowed that that scene takes like the equivalent of like two hours, and, and that's right. And they put some Barry somewhere. White music to it. Um, 
but uh, they're kind of reminding you that they're they're kind of planting that seed in your head, getting getting you back into that mindset that um, that Xavier is a he's, <laughs> he's a paraplegic. I cannot right. see that now. Every time I see Kevin Bacon, I'm sorry. All you see is his fucking nostrils. <laughs> all I fucking see is his nostrils. Um, he's just all snout in this movie, man. He puts that helmet on. He's all snout. So. Uh, <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Kevin Bacon's Kevin Bacon's I'm, process. I'm never going to unsee that. Now I, I will never, every time I see Kevin Bacon, that would be very clear. The motivation for his character was chitlins. Anyway, <laughs> my point is this. Um, the, you know, they're planting that they're planting that seed in his head, I, uh, or planting that that seed in the minds of the audience, kind of reminding you, Xavier's a paraplegic, and Mag, and if those of us who have read the comics know, Ma, you know, Magneto's the reason he's a paraplegic. And... Um, it's uh, it's it's just one of those things where you, you can kind of feel the tension. You can kind of feel the inevitability of something happening. Again, something I love that bad. scene with Fassbender just running up. He's got that, that great cadence to his run, and he just reaches up and fucking rips it out. Kind of makes you wonder why he doesn't take these guys out a lot quicker. <laughs> why is it taking a lot of other times? Like, hey, that all you did is just rip a big sheet of metal off and crush him. Good work. Um, there's some interesting. Havoc always getting arrested. I, it's not his fault. Troubled youth. Troubled youth. That's exactly what it is. Um, there's a um, th- there's you know this real interesting thing is happening here, which is uh, the X Men are getting their ass kicked <coughs> by uh, Shaw's group. Of course, you know they're battle hardened. They've uh, they've done a lot more of this. They've worked for Captain Snout uh, a lot of you know, for many years now and. Uh, but th- that's the thing, you know. Like it's, it's one thing to take a team and say, "Yeah, we can use our powers." It's another thing to employ that in any kind of tactical way, any kind of strategic way, or even you know, any you know, it's, it's another thing for them to have any experience in hand to hand combat. Well, did you notice too how how like easily the the, the focal rings for 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 havoc just like she shoots some fire? It doesn't seem to hit anybody, and he just kind of like rolls over. Is like, oh, that, I'm on like, fire. Fell off. Uh, it's just a, they, they got a they got a ramp sti- they, stitching back in the sixties just wasn't that good. <laughs> These are prototypes. That's true. Um, why, they, is, uh, why is the one door open straight and the other doesn't? Yeah, well, I, okay, I thought about this too, and, I, and like my my feeling on it was that uh, that the the nuclear reactor was like inside of some sort of like gyro mechanism to keep okay. it stabilized in case the ship was. Ever uh, pulled out of the water and thrown onto the beach by Michael Fassbender? <laughs> okay, all right. Well, that makes sense now that you say it like that. <laughs> Something like that, maybe. I don't know. This is uh, we haven't really talked about this, but uh, Angel's played by Zoe Kravitz, which is uh, Lenny, Kravitz's Lenny Kravitz's daughter. daughter yeah. I don't remember who her mother is. Uh, Lenny Kravitz. Is <laughs> Lenny once, Kravitz is once having sex with person or wife. I don't know. Is he? Is he married? Uh, he's been. I think he's been, he married to. Lisa Bonet. Yeah, that, that, who, yeah they, they, they're divorced. I, they, but, I mean, they tried. That, I mean, she's pretty old. I don't know. That, I mean, that's I, the thing I was trying to remember. I was trying to remember if she was if she was his daughter with Lisa if Bonet. We just, if we had like a thing, God, if we just had IMDb or if something, we just had like the internet, right? But yeah. uh, anyway, I know it's it's Lenny Kravitz's daughter, but yeah. I, I don't know who with. <coughs> but uh, anyway, you know, they, what's interesting about this is how much of this is shot practically. How much of this is people on wires being, you know, basically pulled around by helicopters, yeah, and then just having the wires remove the CG. I, I gotta say that I like it. I, I really like how, like, it's, like that shot right there. 
I like how real it looks. How it looks, yeah. And, and you know, it's it's a relatively inexpensive uh, way of accomplishing somebody flying. Now we have um, we have you know this confrontation that we we've known is coming uh, between Magneto and um, <coughs> I do love that. Like, all right, great. Do whatever you're doing. Do it more. Do like, more of it. Get, get the shit beat out of you more, so you can. <laughs> no problem. But uh, we are we are coming down to the wire now, and um, as strong as Magneto is, Shaw's got uh, Shaw's got a little bit of distance on him when it comes to this fight. But Magneto's going to fight dirty, tit for tat here. Yeah, singed your wings. I'm glad. I'm glad that nobody. Th- I'm glad that nobody thought to like. Let's put a clip your wings pun in here. <laughs> it's like let's don't say we did. I like how you can. I, I like you know, it's. It's almost like a throwaway shot. They don't really focus on it, but uh, you know when when Shaw's getting hit by these girders and things that are coming through, mm. you can see you know his 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 mass expanding the way it does when he employs his power. Yeah. You're just not going to beat Azazel in hand-to-hand combat. It's just, it's just not going to happen. <clears throat> Look, he's got a dagger for a tail. Why wouldn't you think he's got daggers for feet? Maybe he didn't I can see kick him. Right there. Maybe he I didn't guess. kick him. Maybe he stabbed him with his tail. Do you ever think of that? Do you ever think of that? Can you scientifically prove he didn't stab him with his tail? He did seem to get taken out relatively easily there. I, I, especially after I just said, like, you're not going to beat him. It was almost like they're like, fuck you, Brett Adams! <laughs> I, but... I agree. Like I didn't find that. I didn't find that especially. Like it should have been. I don't know. Some trickery. Rewarding. Like some. Have him somehow teleport underneath the ship you're about to drop on top of him or something. Right. I don't know. Have whatever. him teleport into the middle of a bulkhead. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. That'd do it. I mean, that'd fucking kill him. But you know. He hadn't come back in the second movie. <laughs> well, back at all. Same difference. And Mystique runs out there like stripping her clothes. And she's like, "Wait, wait, wait! We have to make a baby." <laughs> we'll grow up in the German circus. Helmet looks CG to me there. It looks CG through all of this. Well, it is CG there. And maybe they were doing it in CG in the previous shot just so just for just continuity. So continuity yeah. yeah, so it would look the look the same. Okay. And here we come down mm-hmm. to it. This was the day on set where, where this producer that hates Kevin Bacon was like, all right, you want to get the helmet off? You get the helmet off. You have to stand still like a mannequin all fucking day. Act, monkey. <laughs> now, here's here's the thing. So, Shaw's frozen by Xavier, yeah. right? Yeah. When he starts to get worried about what's happening, why does he why, keep why, why does he? I, I've thought about this, too, and... In terms of motivation, it's just like Shaw's way, way more dangerous than Magneto. I guess Charles so. thinks he can still get through to Magneto. Charles doesn't want him to, you know, to murder this guy. Doesn't want him to, and I guess you know, doesn't want to, to take him revenge out to where he could possibly hurt Magneto. Right, but Eric's not. Eric's not talking about starting a nuclear holocaust, and Shaw is. So he's clearly the guy. Uh oh, and now we come back to it full circle. In terms of story structure. Using the coin as this, you know, as this, this focal point uh, of what happened. Coming back to that line, I'm going to count to three, and then I'm going to move the coin. 
Uh, even going back to you know, like the first scene where he's got that sketch of Shaw on his wall and he flicks the coin right into its forehead. There, 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 I mean, you know, like they, people talk about like when you write a movie, you, you want to draw a circle. You yeah. know, you want to come back to where you started in some way and show how things have changed. And that's exactly what they've done here. That they've come full circle. I, I love this shot. shot. <laughs> I love this shot. I knew we were both gonna like oh, it. Oh yeah. One, it's just I, I don't know. There Very is that inventive. sort of like usually in a movie like this, you get that really like the you know the the plane crashing down on the bad guy or yeah. or a bullet to the brain or something, something that's so fast and kinetic. And this was like so slow and methodical, slow and drawn out. And yeah. Xavier's inside his head for all of it. Now, honestly, prob- I mean, like knowing what we know about neuroscience now, this probably wouldn't fucking kill him. He could probably survive something like that. But anyway, uh, unless unless he he had that thing doing figure eights all the way through his skull, it's possible. Which is possible. He can do. It. He he does have he does tell, have. Some tell me, you don't think that the helmet though now is slightly off kilter? On all his right, face. I'll, I'll watch. I'll, I'll watch here when, when I see it. But anyway, the, the point is that uh, that you know we have we have seen Eric Lyncher come full circle, and uh, the, there is actually one really good line from from X Men Three I like from uh, from Ian McKellen where he's talking about his tattoo. He says, uh, "He says I had a tattoo once." Uh, he's like, "I'll never be marked again." Something like that, and like that kind of resolve about, uh, you know, I've been a victim of humanity one time. Yeah, just the one just time. Just the one time. And and that there is, there is that thing. I mean, like after that moment, you know, Magneto's finished. Magneto's finished being a victim. Magneto's finished being. Uh, uh, he, he's finished being anybody's pawn. He is going to do shit his own way. And uh, that 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 moment is a defining moment for his character, and it's it's delicious. It is delicious, oh, yeah. and, and that's the thing. Like you don't you you like I don't come into that scene at all. Like going, oh please, Eric, please don't kill him. Yeah, no, you're like absolutely. fucking kill him. Absolutely. Uh, you, I'm absolutely on his side in this. I'm a hundred percent on Magneto's side, and that is the thing that this movie did that none of the other X Men films did. This is the movie that got Magneto right. It's the movie you come out of. You're like, he's right. Yeah. He's fucking right. <laughs> Nothing he said is wrong. It's just his. It's just his reaction to it. You yeah. Know? Whereas Xavier's his like solution for it. Yeah. Like, what, what 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 will fix it? You know. That's exactly right. And and the irony is that you know Magneto's solution has been shaped by his own experience. You know, with the yeah. Nazis, his own worst experience. He is in some way is kind of resorting to that exact same tactic of. Yeah. Uh, of, of war and uh, it's almost like gonna... that very first line of the uh, not very first but one of the very first lines of this movie where Kevin Bacon says like you know the Nazis at least they get results or something along yeah. those lines and it's kind of like you know well, well and, what, what they do is horrible but 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 they get they they get what they want done you're you know, exactly which is, right which is uh, such an awful thing to think but but it, it is sort of the thing it's like you know look you know the, these people are just as bad like you. You know, you, you think that they're good, the good guys, but look what they're doing. So, and, and whatever we need to use against them is there's there's another aspect to that too, which is you know the Nazis were all about a master race. Yeah, and um, and you know that that's, that's what Shaw is saying. Uh, you, you know, the, the Nazis kind of have the right idea in a sense, but it's not blonde hair and blue eyes. It's genes. You yeah. know, it's, it's us. It's mutants. We are the master race. Um, that 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 is a fascinating that's a fascinating idea to play with, and and it is interesting that um, it is interesting that you know Magneto can be viewed. I, I'm not necessarily saying that this is true of the character or this is how he sees himself, but Magneto could certainly be viewed as uh, you know kind of a mutant supremacist. Yeah, no, Which, you're, it's good, very good take. 
which, which is ironic considering, you know, the... Uh, you're right. It is just slightly... It's, it's, of course, he's holding that one hand up. No, but I'm telling you, watch every scene. It is a it, little off center. His chin is to the... Le- well, from the f- forward, it's to the left of the helmet. Yeah. And if you ever see it from... It almost looks as though one side is slightly wider. Like, it just... Yeah. I don't know. It just never felt like it. It, it, it just always looked to me like somebody just to go, uh, and just, <laughs> just move it over and we'd be fine. Right. One one little thing I know this is such a small thing, but I always thought it was cool when the shot sh- when they're first shooting over when he first stops them. Yeah, one of the coolest little effects is the shells are still spinning. Yeah, yes, I, you know, you're exactly right. I, I think it's just such a neat little thing. Like you know, the rockets are pretty much you know they're attention they're pretty to straight, detail, but the shells are just got yeah, a light slight spin to them. You know, when attention they slow to down. Detail. Yep. This is a this is a this is a cool scene, and you know, in much the same way. We were talking about, you know, like, why, why do people fear mutants? Why, why are mutants such a threat? Because three of them can take out an entire CIA installation. Yeah. And in this case, one of them can take out two fleets, uh, two naval fleets. Yeah. That's why, uh, that's why people kind of have a problem with mutants. And there it is. And you know, you know this time, it's not, it, it's, it's not a red herring like the stick into the hole thing. You know this time... They've uh, they've rung that bell for real. Yeah. And Magneto, or excuse me, and Charles Xavier is not standing up from this beach or at all. Now the question that I would like to know is 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 what paralyzed him the bullet hit or Magneto ripping the bullet out of his spine right there? Well, and, that's and a, also, that's an interesting thing that they do. And also, this is something I, I will say I, I don't understand. I'm just going to be honest with it. So the in the next movie he can walk when his mutant. Abilities are okay, well, suppressed. I, I don't, Why I don't does think, that happen? I don't think that's cause and effect. I think that that's that's a byproduct. Like like whatever the serum is that Hank developed for him happens to suppress his mutation. Well, but then, but why can he walk? I mean, like my my, my thought is always after this, after this event, yep. was when he was no longer able to walk and in a wheelchair. Right. But yet he is right because of the because of the drug he's taking. Well, but how does that affect? Paral- being paralyzed. Listen, Tony, you are using way too much logic. <laughs> right. I guess. I mean, to, to me, it just it seemed odd. Like it just. I and I guess no, I was. I guess in fairness, I guess I was drawing a conclusion to the mutant. Ab- I was like, why are they tying that to his mutant ability? Like when he yeah, when I, he suppresses. But I guess that's my what understanding you're is just, that it, it, they're it, not just, one of the same. It happens just, to do that. Like it could have been, you know, that he took the drug and his fucking hair. Is this fell a out. movie? Like is this stuff made <laughs> up? Maybe that would help. Maybe if I just realized this is a movie yeah. and go with it, I'd, I'd be better. It's pretty heartbreaking stuff right here. It really know, is. I'm the, sorry. While, while the, we're doing the this, end of, yeah, shut the fuck up, Tony. The end of, uh, of Xavier. Kilter. It and, is off kilter, though. Just look at that. It's it is. You're not wrong. It's off kilter the other direction now, though. No, no. It's always to the left side of his face. It's always the gap is on the left side. I thought side. it was on the right side one time, but maybe I was wrong. Anyway, um, but yeah, this is it. I mean, this is the end of, of Xavier and, and Lynch's... Which well, is friendship, and and he's until got the next speech. time when it's not. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and now he's got this speech, not too unlike you know something that Shaw might have said. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I mean, at this point, it, it really is. He, he, the situation is no different than power Shaw's vacuum. There. If if anything, it's just now got a more f- slightly less. Um, like you know, I think Shaw was definitely more doing it for his his own sake. Like you know, what would he kind of get out of it? Yeah. Granted, you know, it sort of was in tune with what other people would would have, but it was what he would get out of it. Whereas I think Eric definitely is what the the greater good, as it were. You know, what, what how he sees it. 
Certainly. But, I mean, the, the, the end result is basically the same. But, you know, you, you come through this and you think, well, like, you know, why would Azazel and, and uh, Riptide, like, you know, why would why would these cats who would sign up with Shaw, why would they just go to Magneto? But, you know, you, 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 get, through the, you get through the end of that bit of monologue there and you're like, yep, totally sell it. You yeah. Know? Maybe How, even more buy-in than they had with Shaw, really. You know, so. I mean, that's the thing. It's kind of because, now, now it sort of feels like a real purpose as opposed to just as opposed to just because that's the thing. Like Shaw always, Shaw never comes off as the sincere kind of activist that Magneto does in this yeah. scene. You know, Shaw always comes off a little bit like I want to rule the world. Yeah. And you guys get to rule with me, whereas Magneto does come come across as kind of a true crusader. Yeah. A sincere crusader, whereas you know you're always a little suspect of just how sincere Shaw is, and how much of it is just him wanting what he wants. I, I still, I still felt like there there should have been just a hair more between Xavier and Mystique, like just a like he's just a little too quick to say. You should go with him. That's the way you feel. Like, yeah, I, I, I get that. Like, I, I know one. I think he, he, you know, he, he's of course read her mind, so he doesn't know that. But it is. I almost think when she walks up, it should have been a little bit more like, yes, he has already read her mind, and he's going to try to sort of convince her why she shouldn't. You yeah. know, like they don't have to say like, well, what do you really want to do? Let me read your mind. Oh, okay, you really want to go? Well, it should have been something like he's like, why would you want to go? Like, you know, why? W- is this really what you want or something, you know? I, but. I agree with you. And yet at the same time, I also wonder, it's like, would it be too much? I mean, would it make him seem too defeated? You yeah. know, well, it, I mean, to, to, I think- to like have ended with her, like basically begging her, like, please don't go, please. I'm begging you don't go. And like, you know, but I mean, in a way you, I'm kind of, I'm kind of disappointed that he's not like, yeah. you sort of would hope that he had, he would have a little more, of course he's fucking Moira, so I guess like there's really not. <laughs> we all know he is. I mean, come or on. was maybe he totally was until he gives. This chair's got some attachments. Have I mentioned them to you? There's some very groovy attachments, baby. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah. he, I mean, here you we are. My penis still works, right? I mean, just because. Just so you know, um, this is. Uh, I mean, here we go. I mean, it's not. It's not. Motorized, but it's the fucking X chair from yeah. the first singer film but with the giant X wheels do, and the blue suit. And I do love the little line there, though. Too, he's like, you know, with your your G men, is like, no, you're better than that. You're yeah. X men. You know, I, it's it is a little bit of a you know cheesy, but I also think it's kind of good. It's like, no, you're you're the X chromes. You're you're yeah. you know you're better than G men. I, I don't know, or, or you're different from G men. The I just X think gene. It's, yeah, I think it's a cool because I'm sure X men came from G men. I'm sure that's. That's sort of like the naming convention, convention when they were coming, coming out. I, I think it's just sort of a neat little tie to it. I agree and with the you. Super kiss. I agree with you, but I think her delivery of it is for fail. I, I would agree. It's not the greatest. Look, like if, if it was a throwaway, like if she literally, like if she literally said it as a joke, like he kind of reacts as if it's a joke. Yeah, but she, she delivers like, it a little bit. She delivers it a little bit more earnestly than he yeah. than his reaction kind of warrants. Like yeah. if she had just been, you know, if she had just played it off like a throwaway line, it's like ah, you know, like you know, you guys aren't G men, you're X men, <coughs> ha ha ha. You just like kind of throw it away. I, I, I agree a, with you. I feel like she tried to put a little bit too much on it. I mean, I'm really nitpicking now. No, no, I think. I mean, I think that you're, there's some legitimate. Uh, there's a legitimate point there. And then there's this whole thing here. You know, again, talk about the misogyny. Which I, I'm glad they acknowledge. I mean, I'm, I'm glad they kind of, I'm glad they kind of go there. But you know, this is why you never let a woman in the CIA. 
Yeah, I, I'm telling you that, that I think that was a definite. I think they made a point of that. Like I think although, that was a very clear decision yes. early on. I don't think it was. Although to be fair, that is total. I mean, that's totally for the movie. I mean, like nobody in the CIA would ever think that way. Like everybody in the CIA knows that women have been incredibly valuable oh, to intelligence efforts over the years. But I, I'm, I'm telling you, I think that that was a conscious for the for the feel of the '60s vibe. Yeah. Unfortunately, that, that I think that was a, a pretty it's a prominent it, thing then. Not not definitely not just something to, to pretend like. It wasn't definitely, and even even those who would have like recognized the you know the valuable uh, the valuable assets that women could be in intelligence, and there it is. Look at that, it's fucking Magneto's helmet. Yeah, I mean it's fucking Magneto's how, helmet. Did they ever try to explain how it changed to the weird one in the later movies? Or is that no, the they didn't do anything to explain it at all. And they, I, I mean, as the far as they, they like, just we tried, redesigned we, it, we were like. Although I suppose like I dropped say, it, and dented it, or something. <laughs> I dropped it and it dented it seven million times. <laughs> Okay, here's one thing that I could – like, and this is just me speculating. But okay. like if you want to just go with that, if you just want to ride that train, um, maybe <coughs> it was maybe it was like the CAA trying to reverse engineer it. Like like they fucked it up trying to figure out how it was built, you know, trying Took to figure it out apart, how it put it into something new and it you know, had that yeah. stupid look that it has. That it it, we'll it looks like soon. stone. It, it did. It looks sort of like stone, but it also is like concave, or like it, it was like instead of that. Oh one no, 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 no! I'm out. talking about the one from Days of Future Past. Oh, that one. See, I don't have as big a problem with that one. It, Sorry, it just, I, thought, I thought you were talking about that. I'm talking, talking about, about the one the from thing. the original X Men movies, which I just always thought looked stupid. Yeah, like, the one from Days of Future Past is not as bad. I don't. The, the think. shape, the overall as, shape, and everything is the same. It's just like the texture. The texture does. Look the texture is completely. That different. almost to me almost looked like just like war. You know, like a like. Yeah, Go, having gone through all the battles that is going a lot through. of wear and tear. Yeah, um, although I, I'm trying to remember how long was he supposed to have been in captivity? I know that the movie takes place ten years after this one. Yeah, but he, well, I mean, basically, it would, he would have been in captivity for nine because he was apprehended after the Kennedy assassination, which would have been a year after this yeah. takes place, yeah. roughly, roughly, yeah, about a year after it. I have to say, I do really like their end credit sequence. It, it simultaneously, I mean, it calls to mind, you know, genetics, DNA, uh, lo-fi tech of the 60s. It, 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 it has a bit of a uh, – there, there are plenty – like if you look at like animations, they're not nearly as complex. But certainly in terms of color and of uh, certain aesthetic qualities, it does call to mind some – some kind of animation and credit style stuff from, from the sixties. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. It's really fascinating, just all the different ways that that this I, film works as a period piece. I love, like, I'm a, I'm a fan of all the Bond films to to a degree, but I probably mostly of the you know original Sean Connerys. Those, those are kind of my definitely, favorites. Definitely, and I mean, you definitely you watch like Doctor No, you know, especially they had they it just had such a. Um, it, it it just it feels like the '60s, and this movie really gets pretty close to that without without really without it being about that, right. you know, without it being like or the without movie it being silly, that. without it like yes. without it being like Our Man Flint, which was yeah, or, or, or yeah, Austin yeah. Powers, which yes. was yeah, a, I was going because Our Man well, Flint and, was made at the time, and frankly, without that being, I mean, even though it is so critical to the world that they're within, yep. it's not really critical to the story. The story is what it is, but. But it being sort of secondary in the background to that, but but still, I, I thought they really nailed that. It. it was very, very good. 
good flick. It is, man. I, I loved it. I remember the first time I watched it, like, I couldn't believe how much I enjoyed it. I was like, this is really fucking good. Yeah, we, we've, we've mentioned before, but, like, this is one of the few that I, I had given up on X-Men probably about the same time you did, but, I mean, yeah. I gave it up whole... I gave up on X-Men about 17 minutes into X-Men 3. Yeah, but, see, I, I never... And I still, even now, have not seen uh, uh, Origins or Wolverine. And, you know, I think you told the, me Origins... The Wolverine, the, no, the Wolverine is worth seeing. Yeah. If you haven't seen X-Men Origins, count yourself lucky. And So now, uh, so what is, so is, is Origins... Because I always sort of thought Origins was sort of like the first Wolverine film, is it not? It is. And and the Wolverine is just sort of like the is second the, one. Is the second solo okay. film, yeah. All right. Origins is... I mean, I, I, I cannot... I cannot tell you. I mean, as bad as X-3 is, Origins is worse. Jesus. It's it's truly horrible. That's bad. Um, and, and I want to like it so much. I mean, because I, I like I love Liev Schreiber. I love that they cast Liev Schreiber as. Say, I think that he and Hugh Jackman have good chemistry. I, I think you know they're they're fun in uh, what's that fucking rom com time travel movie he did. Kate and Leopold, the one with Meg oh, Ryan. Oh shit! Yeah, they've got good interaction. I think yeah. they have good chemistry together. Yeah. When when he was cast as Sabretooth, I was like, fuck yes. Like, that's a great idea, and, like, he'll really do something cool with it. And I think that he's cool in the movie, but it's just, like, he's got... Uh, I don't like his look. I don't think I don't think they make him look as much like Sabretooth as I would like to see, but I can forgive that if it weren't for all the stupid horse shit that comes out of his mouth and every other fucking character's mouth in that wow. movie. Uh, I, I, I will say, I think at some point I would like to see it just to... No, you, know. you, you should watch it, but I'm just saying, whatever you do, don't watch it. Oh, no, no, I guess no, I... That's, yeah, that's yeah, true. Okay. I, see, I hadn't thought that through before I started talking. <laughs> and then Andy. I realized I was completely contradicting myself. <laughs> well, um, so, I mean, but what, what's your overall take, though? I mean, I, I, where, where do you place this? And now, now having seen, you know, uh, Days of Future Past, I mean, I figure it's going to be... It's going to be a while before we see another X-Men movie, so yeah. for what's out right now, where, where do you place this? And I think I like Days of Future Past a little bit more just because uh, I I like the fact that it's a crossover film. I like the fact that you know it brings together the Singerverse and this you know it's just it's an epic film. It just takes place on a huge, huge scale. That's really kind of cool. Yeah. So I, at this point, I, I kind of feel like maybe I like Days of Future Past a little bit more, but. I will say that one thing that this movie has that Days of Future Past tries to kind of have, but that this movie really has in spades, is that fun quality. Yeah. The fucking, the, the James Bond quality that we talked about this, the period film that we talked about it's, this. It's, the next I one love is all of it. so much more serious just it because is. of the, what's going on. And, and so, it's a darker I, movie. Even though it does have those moments, they are, you know, fewer... Um, but then the other moments are even better. I, I would, I think I'd agree with you. I think Days of Future Past is just a better... As a whole, I think I do like it uh, better. I think just the the storytelling, the pacing, everything uh, feels a little better. Now, now, again, we've kind of talked, you know, but our I first like impression this a whole of going well, and also our first impression of seeing something in the theater almost always changes slightly once we watch it again. Yes, you know, absolutely, not always for the better or worse, but just but just changes slightly. Like you know, the the little nitpicky things that we pick up on from watching it one, you know, two or three more times. Maybe we don't have those that first time, or maybe something that we thought was so awesome the first time isn't doesn't play as well to us the next time we see it. So it's it is that sort of odd um, odd thing, and I will be really interested to watch that again once it uh, once it comes out on on Blu-ray or whatever. But I'm the same way. I I would say that I think I put Days of Future Past top. 
I, now, I was kind of thinking in the whole X-Men universe, and so I was, yeah. was going to sort of say Days of Future Past, I, I think I have to put top. To me, second, though, is, is probably close between X2 and this. I was going to say, like, trying to choose between this and X2 is a difficult proposition. And, and then X-Men, and then after that, it's kind of And then know, who pointless. gives a thought? Yeah. Um, but, um, but I haven't seen Wolverine either, and, and you, you said that it had some... There's some. There's a few things worth seeing in it. Yes, it, it, it's worth watching, but there it, it suffers from the same fundamental problem that a lot of these movies do, which is they don't have a great idea for a bad guy, yeah. and so they just like, well, let's just have a lot of bad guys. Yeah, it's always and and that's that's kind of an issue that 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 they just they never quite resolve to my satisfaction. But having anyway. said that. Uh, I do. I like this movie a whole, whole lot. I like it for the Xavier uh, Lyncher stuff. I like it for um, for what it sets up, and uh, and I like it because it's got a really, really good sequel. Yep. So, um, let's end on a high note and dedicate this episode to Gene Shalit. Okay. <laughs> I kept trying to remember what he sounds like, so I was like. <laughs> I give this two warm thumbs up. I don't know what he sounds like though, so I can't remember. I remember him having a really nasally. He did have a really nasally crazy voice. Yeah, but it's way too late. The point to try to look up something now. So we're just gonna say goodbye. Peace. All right, guys. Well, that was our running commentary for X-Men First Class. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. We had a lot of fun recording it uh, as as we did our our last breakdown for Days of Future Past. I, I think First Class. It's it's right up there. It's almost as good as its sequel. We had a, a just a ton of fun recording that. And uh, to keep you know the theme running, we decided to go back and do another running commentary for another X Men movie. We decided to go back to where it all started uh, to the year two thousand, and uh, we decided to do a running commentary on the first X Men. Uh, it'd be really interesting to see. I, you know, I haven't watched it in quite a while, and I uh, I don't think Brent's actually seen it in a while either. So it'll uh, it'll be really interesting to see how the movie has aged uh, over over these years. Um, wow, fourteen years at this point, jeez. So uh, anyway, should be a lot of fun. Uh, make sure you join us next week. And uh, as always, driving tip two eighty three. If you own a motorcycle and you happen to meet Wolverine, your motorcycle now belongs to Wolverine. Yeah.